Hebdo will show a cartoon of the Prophet Mohammed bearing a sign saying Je suis Charlie, the slogan used to express support for those killed by gunmen last week. The publishers say they expect to distribute up to 3 million copies this week. Meanwhile, 10,000 troops will be on the streets of France by tomorrow night to try to stop another terrorist attack after the deaths of 17 people in Paris last week. They'll join 5,000 police who are being sent to protect Jewish sites and mosques. Network Rail are being accused of letting down disabled commuters in Bedfordshire. A lift system at Leighton Buzzard Station is yet to become operational. The lifts had been due to open at the end of last year, as Sophie Salaria reports. A fault developed on the emergency telephone line in one of the platform lifts at Leighton Buzzard Station, which stopped the lifts from being able to be opened, leaving mothers, disabled users and the elderly forced to get their train from elsewhere. Network Rail says they do not know when the issue will be fixed and say they're working on the problem with London Midland. A referendum could be held in Bedfordshire over the amount of tax the public pay to fund the police force. The Police and Crime Commissioner wants to increase tax by nearly 16%. That would mean people in Bedfordshire would pay between 32 and 48 pence extra each week, depending on their council tax band. Ollie Martins says he thinks people won't mind paying a bit more for increased police resources. Clearly the next three weeks before I actually set the budget is about me finding out what the, what the public think. Uh, the feedback I get a lot is that people are prepared to pay more locally for policing. Um, and, you know, I'm going to test that out over the, over the next three weeks because clearly there's no point in having a referendum um, if the public are going to vote no. Any unauthorised signs in Buckinghamshire are due to be removed over the next few months. Transport for Buckinghamshire has decided that advertising and business display signs can be a hazard and they plan to take them all down. The owners of the signs will not be fined but will have to pay £50 if they want them back, otherwise they will be destroyed. They would also like the public to report any signs that are blocking pathways or distracting drivers. And the weather forecast, it'll be a rainy morning for most with showers heavy in places. They should die out by mid-morning, leaving a mainly dry day with highs of 4 Celsius. That's 39 in Fahrenheit. BBC Three Counties Radio News. I'm back with more at half six. There's no more Fanny. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Three minutes past six. It's, it's, um, is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday today. My son's fifth birthday. Who'd have thought we'd live so long? Well, I kind of hoped I would live to see the... Boilie's back. Yes. Okay, that's all. You got anything else to say? Despite your best efforts. Uh, <laughs> I heard what you said. What? Yeah, I no. heard what you said. No, 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 no. We, um, we flew without you. We really shone. Good, so can I go home? Aye. Lots coming up on the show. Street lights that don't light, disabled lifts that don't lift, and a dealie who don't dealie in fiction, only fact. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Sometimes Radio. Sometimes with those menus, yeah. you've just got to you just got to sail through it. You can't stop and think. You've just got to go super fast. Since when did you think? Oh, oh, was that out loud? Okie dokie. It's going to be like that. You missed me. Uh, you can't kiss me. So you're dissing me. <laughs> And you're really annoying me as well, okay. so that's, um, that's that. Um, I'll start with a song, shall I? Go on.
Milton Keynes Council had serious safety concerns about... Sorry? What on earth is going on in there? Kelly dropped something. Oh, flipping it. It's been revealed that Milton Keynes Council had serious safety concerns about turning off streetlights months before two deaths on darkened roads. The authorities planned to look into the potential dangers of the plan, but failed to do so in time to stop the accidents. Catherine, you've got more on this. What do we know? Well, before the election in May 2011, the Liberal Democrat administration of Milton Keynes Council decided that it would switch off every other streetlight. When the Conservatives took over, the councillor for transport at the time, John Bint, says he asked for a full audit to be carried out, but not only did that not happen in time to prevent the two accidents, it didn't happen at all. Now, Sherwin Sequeira died in October 2011, and a month later, a 25-year-old pedestrian by the name of Gary Tompkins also died. He was hit by a car on an unlit street. The coroner ruled that darkness had been a factor in both deaths, and Milton Keynes Council responded by turning the lights back on. And we've been speaking to the mum of Gary Tompkins, haven't we? Yeah, the next voice you'll hear is Julie Pascoe. He went to a birthday party... He was walking along one of the main roads in Milton Keynes. The path lights and the the main grid road lights were off. And there was no other way for him to, to walk. 
and a van driver said he didn't see him because it was just too dark. He went to um, hospital and unfortunately we had to turn the life support off. It's cost my son's life just for a few, uh, a few pounds. Uh, of course, Milton Keynes isn't the only area to switch lights off, is it? We've no, talked about it before on here. There are places up and down the country, but yeah. a three-year trial from tw 2008 to 2011 saw 1,600 streetlights switched off across Buckinghamshire. Again, there were two deaths, and they were attributed to darkened stretches of roads. Uh, those happened during that time. Margaret Beeson died in January 2009, and the coroner said the driver in that case stood no chance at all, while the accident investigation showed the driver would have seen the victim just 25 to 30 metres away, wouldn't have seen him because of the darkness. Uh, Dr John Bendor Samuel died in 2011, January 2011, and the inquest in that case was told that nine out of ten drivers in cars travelling at that speed with dipped headlights on a dark road would fail to avoid a collision. Blimey. According to a Freedom of Information request by the BBC, 45 local authorities with street lighting responsibility in England have or have in the past adopted part-night lighting. That's when they, call, they turn some of the lights off mm -hmm. um, for a large portion of the night. A handful of other councils have switched some of their lights off completely Completely. Of those, 45 to have adopted part night lighting, 25 didn't carry out a formal risk assessment before switching off the lights. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I had great fun yesterday. Bullying. Strong word. Really bullying. Mm. Your youngest daughter. How old is she? Three. She's three. Yes. And so big she wasn't. Man. She wasn't. Well, no. I think they need to learn a lesson early mm. that the world doesn't revolve around them. It's not all about them. Well, you know, it started out with a fun game, didn't fun it? Game, a fun, fun game. Fun game. Let's annoy mum. Yeah, yeah. Let's annoy mum in the car. And you were getting really annoyed. That was well, the joy of it. I wonder why. Well, we, we were doing I our best. I was driving. Yeah. And yeah. I had removed something from my children that had been irritating me whilst driving. And their, vo their voice it, box. You put it back into their hands. Uh, we, all will be revealed shortly. Hey, hey, mercy, woman, plays a song and no one listens. I need help, I'm falling again. Play the drum a little louder, tell me I
is the Jubilee. Listen to the band. For beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at the cameras on the motorways, it's looking quite quiet so far on the M1. Things moving nicely, no delays showing up, but it does look a bit wet on the road surface, so take care with the visibility may, might be reduced because of that and surface spray. Having a look at the A40 on the speed sensors, there are, there are no delays at the moment through the roadworks at Temple Street, but that could get busy later on. And in Roxton on the A1 Great North Road, there are the roadworks at the Black Cat Roundabout, so expect some delays there when it starts to get busier. On the trains, after the problems yesterday uh, through Watford Junction, there are still some possible delays for London, Midlands, Southern and Virgin trains through Watford Junction. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, I was rocking out to the Travis, Sammy. Nice one. 6.15. It's uh, Tuesday the 13th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged that no safety audit was carried out after Milton Keynes Council decided to switch off its streetlights three years ago. The lack of lighting has been linked to two deaths. The Charlie Hebdo magazine features a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad on the front cover of its latest edition, the first since the attacks on its offices in Paris last week, in which 12 people were killed. 08459 455555. Counties Radio. have um listening to uh, other radio stations and reading online i've been surprised by the number of people who think that the uh, people who got uh, shot murdered indeed in charlie hebdo um deserved it have you come across this catherine and not and and uh, the muslim people non-muslim people several people have come out and said on phony shows and on online of course online uh, that they um they deserve to get shot. I've heard some of them, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, they kind of um, used the reasoning of, well, they had been warned that what they were doing was provocative, yep. and they went further. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? I mean, I... I drawing it, a picture. It doesn't... I, 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 the magazine, I don't know a lot about the magazine. It sounds, it sounds quite unpleasant, although I've seen some cartoons where actually they're, they're kind of on a righteous crusade against discrimination and what have you. There are elements of unpleasantness as well, but 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 no one deserves to be at work and have someone walk in and gun them down. But there've been loads of I couldn't believe it. I was listening to a phoning show the other night on another radio station, and one guy phoned up and said, "Well, yeah, you know, they deserved it." And um, <laughs> and then loads of people phoned up and went, "Well, they were scumbags, really." And Jam Chowdhury, well, oh, I mean, banging on some nonsense. It's just um, it's just incredible, isn't it? Really. 
08459 455 555. I throw it out there just to see if anybody else is going, well, yes, so what? If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. Justin and I went to Luton holding each other's hands. We've had looks. We've definitely had looks, haven't we? We've had looks and I saw a dad usher a child away from us. But there is a way you can hear it all again. David is no longer your name. No, it is not. It's uh, actually legally changed now all above board, yeah. You are now Hatcher. I'm an action hero now, ain't I? <laughs> bbc.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio, allowing you to listen to what you missed. We often hear about the bravery of men in Bletchley Park, but what about the women? Now, some locals were very concerned that their plans for the old Aston Martin site would be the death of the high street. Well, I think it's very good news for the high street. The fear was that Newport would uh, go exactly the way that other towns have gone. bbc.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Network Rail are being accused of letting down disabled commuters. The firm had promised to install lifts at Leighton Buzzard train station by the end of last year, 2014. And to be fair, the the lifts are there. The lifts are there, aren't they, Catherine? They are there. But? They don't work. And Network Rail can't say when they will work. Um, Anne Grant is a member of the support group Carers in Bedfordshire. Uh, this is good. Well, they've put the lift in, Anne, so that's something, isn't it? <laughs> that's a big step forward, I have to say. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Anne. Uh, but we, we don't know when they're going to, to be working, which seems, um, well, it seems rather incredible, really. Yes, that is a problem. I, I must admit, lifts are only one of the hurdles wheelchair users have to face. Um, the size of the lift is often a big problem. My husband's in a big heavy electric wheelchair, he's a tetraplegic, and often he just can't get in the lift, which, oh. is, which is a bad start. Um, but access in general is just a huge problem for wheelchair users. I, my mum's in a wheelchair, and I, it would have to be really extreme circumstances for me to try and take her on public transport, because it's, it's just a nightmare, isn't it? It is. It would be a nightmare for us, I have to say. I haven't been brave enough to try it, and my husband had his stroke nearly 23 years ago. And we are fortunate in that we have a wheelchair-accessible car, so I can take him anywhere we want to go and know we will get there and get home. Um, but the prospect of travelling on a train is, is just a step too far for me at the moment. So you've never, you've never attempted it? I've never attempted it. Mm. The thing is, um, I think for a lot of people that design disabled facilities assume that if you're in a wheelchair, you can actually get out of it and go up a step or walk a few steps. And for most of them, it's just not possible. No. And I think if they just had that mindset that when they disabled the facilities, they thought, OK, if we want to make it accessible for wheelchair users, it's got to have a level entrance or a ramp, ramped entrance and nice wide doors to get through. And I thought that accessibility had to be, you know, was enshrined in law these days. Well, it's getting better, but they don't always consult the disabled users. So, for example, disabled toilets, and this applies whether you're on a train, whether you're in a restaurant, or you're going to the cinema, they have lovely wide doors to get in, but the only trouble is most of them have inward opening doors, so you can get in, but you can't close the door behind uh, you. And my husband says, what do we do now, sell tickets? Well, yes, it, you know, it could be a, a spectator sport, uh, I suppose. It must be very very frustrating for, for both of you. It is. Uh, what happens is you tend to find places you can go and go there, and the ones you can't go, uh, you just write off your visiting list. 
Um, but it's getting better. It's definitely getting better. But if, if members of the public could be a little bit more aware and perhaps not park in the dropped curb area on a... Oh, road. flipping it. They do. Yeah, isn't that, that's awful, isn't it? There's a reason that that's there. <laughs> that's right. And sometimes you've got to go quite some way before you can cross the road and then to find your exit blocked is a bit of a problem. Hey, I had a good experience at the weekend. I took my mum to uh, see the Kinks musical in a theatre in London. Now, she's she when I take her out, she doesn't bring her electric wheelchair. She goes in a manual chair, so it's a bit smaller than your husband's. Yeah. But every time I've taken her to a theatre in the West End, they have been... They've uh, been beside themselves trying to help us. They've been fantastic. Yes, it is, it is getting better. Yeah. And the same with restaurants and department stores are a bit of a problem. They often have the big double doors, which if they're not powered, are a bit of a nightmare to hold both of them open and let your husband in without running over your toes. Um, automatic doors are the best, but the ones with the button access um, are obviously not very helpful for some wheelchair users because only one side works. Um, so there's all sorts of things to consider. It's a constant uh, learning exercise. And listen, I appreciate your time this, this morning. Best of luck to you and your husband. And um, yeah, I, I, I know exactly what it's like. And it is hard work. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. About the shape I'm in, I can't sing, I ain't pretty, and my legs are thin. But don't ask me what I think of you, I might not give the answers that you want me to. God, I knew he'd understand. He said, stick by me and I'll be your garden hand. But don't ask me what I think of you. I might not give the answer that you want me to.
Oh. <clears throat> they just wandered off like the strolling minstrels they were, fuelled by all forms of hallucinogenic drugs. The Fleetwood Mac there, ladies and gentlemen. Well done, There's guys. not enough recorders in popular music <laughs> these days. Uh, the, no, no. The recorder, the thing is, because w- w- this is the problem with the 70s and the 80s, one of the many problems, yeah. is that we were all abused by um, uh, uh, recorders. That sentence came out completely wrong. <laughs> it came out completely right. I didn't mean like that We were all forced. We, we were recorders all... Recorders were forced on us. Is that better? No, that still presents a really not horrible image. in the 70s or 80s, but in the 90s. They carried recorder abuse through. Basically... I had uh, a treble. I, I was, a desk camp was the normal one, wasn't yeah. it? We all we were all forced to play recorders or listen to recorders at school, and so we associate them with horrible, horrible noises and being played badly and all being out of tune. When actually, it is they are, can be marvelous instruments. You get a recorder quartet going. They've got the, what's the big the big one? The one that's like the size of me. Big, uh, big recorder. A bass. You're just saying no, that. No, I think it is. There's a treble, which is the medium one. You got, got your desk camp. <laughs> Then you got that one. What are you holding there? You got that one Ooh, with, and yeah. it's got like a like let, a plunger on the bottom. Kels, look, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> now put it in your mouth and blow. And you got to use your tongue, haven't you? Um, I'm just googled big recorder. Yes, mate. And it says uh, recorders in common use, though the large ones are very uh, rare. Oh, <laughs> great, great facts so there it, from Kelly. So wow. It's, so its uh, actual name is the large one. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I need to speak to parents or grandparents this morning. Are recorders still being foisted upon children these days? Is that happening? Not yet. Not they, in my house. They used to be. Um, uh, you get them disinfected, wouldn't you? So they'd have a little taste of Dettol on them. Didn't you have your own? I think I did. I'm sure I remember that there being like a bag yeah. of recorders. Ooh. And they came in like a little sock, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, like a drawstring thing. And, um, but I'm sure I remember there being like a pile of them and there being, there being a bit of dental involved. Oh, I bet they're not allowed to do that these days. Probably not these days. Political correctness gone up uh, hell in the handcart. I know, like spit's wrong. Uh, health and safety, stick it. Well, you can't unless you've signed the form. 08459 455 555. Can we also compile a list of the worst instruments? Ocarina. Oh no! Have you played one of those? No, it's a beautiful sound. <laughs> I'm not playing an ocarina, and also it's uh, the ocarina of time. That's one for you retro the, um, gaming fans. Bagpipes. No. Yeah. By the way, no I get need. to decide what goes on the list. The bagpipes. No oh gosh, there's something so spiritual about like the bagpipes. The bad pipes. No, I went to the Queen Mum's funeral, not the actual after thing. They didn't invite me to that, but I went and stood in the street and watched them go past. You and there was something so haunting about the pipers as they came yeah. over. The- oh, oh the pipers. Is it because they, the, the the sound should be dead? There's... Oh, unbelievable. Right, this, there are so many phone, phone-ins being triggered off here. Whose funeral have you attended that you weren't meant to be at? <laughs> funeral crashing, call me now. Funeral crashing, call me now. <gasps> 08459 Because we've all been to a, a, a funeral service or a crematorium and they, they, they bang those bad boys out, don't they? I told you about my grand crashing the buffet, didn't I? No, go oh, on. Oh, I'll tell you after. Well, we've all been... They, they, they bang those things yeah. out. So you turn, up, you turn up for your aunt's funeral... You might think you're late. You, you think, oh, I'm late. And then you go, I oh, don't recognise them. Don't, oh, flipping it, I'm in the wrong thing. So you have to get out. Right, OK, so funerals you've crashed... Um, in defence of the bagpipes and instruments that should be no more. I'm putting the saxophone on that list. Oh. It's an awful instrument. You know a record is uh, desperate when a saxophone solo kicks in. 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Checking the speed sensors in Milton Keynes, the A41 standing way is moving fine through the roadworks around the Kingston roundabout, but expect delays there later on. In Hitchin on Tilehouse, Upper Tilehouse Street, there is some temporary traffic lights and roadworks going on in both directions at Perton Road, so expect some delays there too. Having a look at the cameras on the M1, that's starting to get quite busy, but all moving fine. Uh, the road surface does look quite wet, so take care for surface spray. And on the trains after the emergency engineering works at Watford Junction yesterday, there are still possible delays uh, today on London Midland southern services and virgin trains through Watford Junction and if you're in Watford or if you're heading into London today a 24-hour bus strike has begun that's affecting 94% of the bus routes so most buses tickets will be valid on the London Underground though Samantha Bruff BBC Three Counties Radio Across beds hearts and bugs This is BBC Three Counties Radio It's half past six with the headlines. I'm Barry Caffrey. It's emerged that no safety audit was carried out after Milton Keynes Council decided to switch off its streetlights three years ago. They were turned back on after a coroner said the lack of light was a contributing factor into the deaths of two people. The Charlie Hebdo magazine features a cartoon of the Prophet Mohammed on the front cover of its latest edition, the first since the attacks on its offices in Paris last week in which 12 people were killed. It shows the Prophet bearing a sign saying Je suis Charlie. Network Rail are being accused of letting down disabled commuters in Bedfordshire. A lift system at Leighton Buzzard Station is yet to become operational despite being in place since last year. Any unauthorised signs in Buckinghamshire are due to be removed over the next few months. Transport for Buckinghamshire has decided that advertising and business display signs can be a hazard and they plan to take them all down. And the weather, it'll be a rainy morning for most with showers heavy in places. They should die out though by mid-morning, leaving a mainly dry day with highs of 4 Celsius. That's 39 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cristiano Ronaldo has won FIFA's Ballon d'Or World Footballer of the Year. Our senior football reporter Ian Dennis has more. It's a second successive year and a third time overall that Ronaldo has claimed this prestigious award. He described it as an unforgettable year in which he scored 52 goals in 43 games in 2014. With just over 37% of the votes, Ronaldo was a convincing winner ahead of Lionel Messi and goalkeeper Manuel Neuer. German midfielder Nadine Kessler was named Women's Player of the Year, but there was no award for Ireland's Stephanie Roach for Goal of the Year. The prize instead went to Colombia's James Rodriguez for his goal against Uruguay in the World Cup. Chelsea manager Jose Mourinho has until six o'clock this evening to respond to an FA misconduct charge in relation to comments that he made following Chelsea's game against Southampton on the 28th of December. Mourinho claimed that there was a campaign to influence referees' decisions against his side. Fast bowler James Anderson has told the BBC that he believes England will go a long way in the Cricket World Cup, which starts next month. Anderson thinks England will benefit from the lack of expectation going into the competition. The danger for other teams is if they take us lightly because we've got young lads who have very little pressure on them. They're just going to play with freedom uh, and I honestly think that we've got a great chance of going a long way in this competition and I know people will scoff at that but... As an England team, I know the majority of us feel like that. And and the fact that we have been written off will definitely work in our favour. 
And the women's darts BDO finalist Fallon Sherrock says she enjoyed the experience at Lakeside. Sherrock, who's from Milton Keynes, was beaten 3-1 by Lisa Ashton on Saturday. It was really exciting because the crowd was like proper, like they were proper into it and it was really fun. <laughs> I, I did enjoy it even though I lost, but I didn't feel nervous at all. I just thought, do you know what, you've just got to play. If they go, they go. If they don't, they don't. There's not a lot you can do about it and luckily they went. It was just the doubles that yeah. were a bit unlucky. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with more at seven o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Seriously, the saxophone, apart from the uh, sexy saxophone player who is, you go and YouTube that. It's, um, it's safe for work, I think. Yes, yes it, is. it is. It's hilarious. Apart from that, the saxophone is just, was it Kenny G? Flippin' heck, man. He should be tried in, in The Hague for crimes against musicality. Oh, all those mood tapes. That oh, man. The sac- the eight- this is one of the reasons... The two reasons I hated the 80s. Many reasons I hated the 80s. One, because I was a really geeky boy and couldn't get any action. But, but musically, the synthesised drums, the processed drums, and the, um, the saxophone... Every song had a saxophone solo. Yeah, it was the Sweet universal God. language of uh, sexiness. Oh, it was just absolutely awful. So, we get the saxophone, that's off, that's gone. I'm not listening to, um, I can't remember her name, Thingy Bob. The bagpipes is a majestic instrument when played properly. A lone piper coming through the mist. Haunting. Oh, oh it's bo, the... though, you can have that. Oh, have you got no class? People who play the oboe look like they're trying to inflate something that's got um, a hole in it. They don't realise they need to squeeze the uh, the, the filter to, the, to open the, it up. They're not opening the valve, are they? No, it, uh, no, the oboe's wonderful. No, it's I love a good old-fashioned, um, uh, like, a, a, blow, a blowing quartet. No, because I think it does to the Lovely face. Lovely blowing quartet. Four people blowing away. The quartet, you'd get a recorder. What other instruments would you have in there? You mean a woodwind? That's exactly that's what it, I mean! That that's what I mean! You get an oboe in that. Yeah, I love that sound. Oh, God. Can we, we does find... ridiculous things to one's cheeks. Kelly. Do you want can... me to get the littlest oboe? I believe she did a joke there. Just a small one, about that big. Could no. you find us... No. What are you doing? A woodwind quartet song, please. Do you know any? No! Hang on. Go oh, on. You know, in Dulcie Jubilo and all that. Mm. Yeah, get in Dulcie Jubilo. What is that a song or yeah? You'll know it. You'll know it. What's it? Oh no, not that one. That one's rubbish. That's that's it. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. We're trying to educate you, but we need education ourselves. I need a woodwind um, quartet. Oh look, someone's phoning in. Look, it's an oboist. Oh hello. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna hate you. Good. They're gonna start hate. I'm getting hate from some idiot who thinks I I don't attack Muslims enough. Um, and you're going to get hate from oboists. If their complaints are as ineffective as they're blowing, then I'm not worried. Oh, mate, you're so out of order on this. <laughs> Woodwind quartets. That's a thing, isn't it? And it's a beautiful thing, and we should celebrate it. The bagpipes aren't going on the list. The saxophone is on the list. Um, what other instruments are just truly, truly... Or- oh, the guitar. Oh, no, come on. The guitar. The guitar had the benefits of being um, both poppy and rocky. Andy's in Luton. Hello, Ian. Hello, Andy. Your comments about the saxophone are rubbish. 
Well, hang on a second. Your phone is rubbish. Is your mouth anywhere near your mouth hole piece? I'm in the car at the moment. That's why. Okay, Andy. What? So we'll 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 listen uh, as hard as we can. You want to defend the saxophone? Yes. Go on, Make then. The street, Jerry Rafferty, brilliant, brilliant record, and pipes are pets, as far as I'm concerned. Right, Andy, you're bound from ever calling this show ever again. <laughs> Jerry Rafferty, Baker Street, flipping it. That, that, Your Honour, is your, your your first piece of evidence. Pan pipes. Yeah, they're rubbish. They're, they're rubbish. They? Are we dissing a whole um, tribe of people, a whole race of people? Who plays the pan pipes? The Incas? The Peruvians. The Peruvians. Are we being uh, uh, anti-Peruvianist? No, because there are enough people who love that stuff. I suppose, fair play, I suppose they peruve a point. Oh. <laughs> Right, that was excellent. Thank you, mate. So, I just thought of that. I, just honestly, I, honestly, I hadn't planned that. I didn't know we were going to talk about that. I just thought of it. I just thought of it and said it. <laughs> Pan pipes, the saxophone. The piccolo. Mate. Too small. No, oh, flipping heck.
um, it's a bit turgid, that song, isn't it? A bit, yeah. It's a little bit turgid. It's a bit twangy. There are only three bad Beatles songs. Mm. There are only three bad Beatles songs. The rest are top-notch. But it's a little bit turgid, that one. I, have to, I don't uh... like the Ringo songs. <laughs> don't? <laughs> oh, Catherine, you make me laugh. No, I don't like them. Now it's time to say good night, good night, sleep tight, dream sweet dreams of me, dream sweet dreams of you. You made that up your kids. No, it's, it's, it's the Beatles. It's a Ringo song. Oh. Octopus's Garden is brilliant. And Yellow Submarine, yes, it's annoying. You try writing a nursery rhyme. Go on, try it. You canny dear. You canny... I could he do it? You canny dear. Could he do you it? You try writing a nursery rhyme, OK, that is, uh, is loved by children 50 years later, that's lasted that long. You canny dear. Could he do it? He had ages. Oh eight four five. He didn't write that. That's Lennon McCartney. Well, yeah, they used to pop them out like nobody's business. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. Now, Kelly, we asked you. We set you. We'll look at the papers in a bit. Although there's nothing in there. Uh, although there's one story in there. It's a romantic story about two people having a fight. I'll get to that in a minute. We asked you to find a wood in a whirlwind in a whirlwind a hoodwind quartet, and you you believe you found such a thing? No. But I found something Sorry? hilarious. That wasn't the plan. I know, but please just press play. Just been sidetracked. Now, possums, let's hear each instrument play a variation of its own. Oh, it's the young person's guide to the orchestra. This is famous. Yeah, it's hilarious. The clear, sweet little voice of the flutes, but with its shrill little brother. Listen to her giggling. <laughs> this is a real thing. This is written by Benjamin Britten. You loving that? She's giggling like it's it. What's Kelly, happening? Isn't it? Oh. You liking that? Yeah. Okay. Do we carry on? And I mean, this goes on for about five Just minutes. Just a bit, yeah. Oh, flipping uh, oh. have a gentle. <laughs> I ate the oboe. I like the oboe. Listen to the oboe. They can be forceful enough when the composer wants them to be. Oh, the oboe, pastoral. English. Yeah, but imagine the face they're doing. It's the face. I'm not bothered good. about the face. Did that tickle you, Kelly? Did it? <laughs> yeah. Flipping heck. The thing I don't like about trumpets and all of those um, metal instruments, the um, the uh, the spit. There's a spit valve. There's a spit valve, mm. and you'll see them. We all got done for throwing a rubber down uh, Stuart Blair's euphonium. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, we've got time for that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, that's starting to get quite busy between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. And looking at the M25 on the clock, uh, on the clock, on the cameras, anti-clockwise, it's getting quite busy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. In Brickettwood on North Elb Orbital Road, that's starting to look very slow at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And in Hitchin on Upper Tilehouse Street, there's temporary traffic lights there in both directions at Purton Road for roadworks that could slow things down. On the trains after the emergency.
emergency engineering works at Watford Junction yesterday, there are possible delays on London, Midland, Southern and Virgin trains through there. And if you're in Watford or heading into London, there's a 24-hour bus strike and it's begun as affecting most bus routes, but tickets are being accepted on the underground. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 6.45. It is uh, Tuesday the 13th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged that Milton Keynes Council had serious safety concerns about switching off streetlights months before two deaths on dark roads. Network Rail are being accused of letting down disabled commuters. The firm installed lifts at Leighton Buzzard Station last year, but they're still not working. And the Charlie Hebdo magazine uh, features a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad on the front cover of its latest edition. The first since the attack on its offices in Paris last week in which 12 people were killed. Coming up, there is not a chance in hell we're playing Ronson and Mars' Uptown Funk. It sounds like the kind of... Have you heard that song? Yes. It sounds like the kind of song my dad would make up in the 70s when he was taking the mickey out of Top of the Pops. Uptown Funk, gonna have an Uptown Funk. We're not playing that. We'll have the weather with Kate and we'll find something better. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. The grey and damp start to the day across all three counties. We have some quite heavy showers out there this morning, but they are moving and they're moving south and eastwards. Eventually, the cloud will start to clear and we'll get some wintry, sunny spells through the course of the afternoon. Also, though, one or two quite heavy showers mixed in there too. Potentially, one or two rumbles of thunder, some hail mixed into those showers. Now, the rain this morning is a cold front. As it moves, the air behind it is much colder, so it's going to aggressively. The temperature is going to drop off, although the maximum likely to be around 10 maybe 11 celsius today by the end of the day it's probably going to be around 7 or 8 celsius so it's getting colder now the met office has issued a yellow weather warning for parts of buckinghamshire from six o'clock this evening for snow and ice now these showers because the temperature drops could turn fairly wintry particularly over higher ground the children's but even to lower ground as well as they move through we could get some slight accumulations on the ground also any rain we get today could freeze as the temperature in most places drops down to zero. Now as we head in tomorrow, it's a cold start, but then the cloud gradually increases through the day and then our next yellow early warning for wind issued by the Met Office comes into play from tomorrow lunchtime. Gusts of wind, 50, 65 miles per hour expected through tomorrow afternoon and overnight into Thursday. And that's your forecast. We all got done for throwing a rubber down at Stuart Blair's euphonium. He's been a local MP for nearly five years. He's risen through the ranks of the Labour Party and now he's answering your questions. What makes you different to all the other politicians out there? Tomorrow morning, Gavin Shooker will be in my hot seat to answer the questions that you set to him. Ultimately, that's a very difficult position to defend. Whether you're in his constituency or live elsewhere in Beds, Hearts and Bucks, I want to know what you want the answers to. What I really want to know, if it comes to it, which party would you be willing to form a government with? Get your questions in now by emailing jvsshow at bbc.co.uk or text on 81333 starting your message with 3CR. Gavin Shooker.
with you Before the second show the radio He's used her. He dies. He dies at the end no, in a don't. plane crash. That Buddy Holly, that song. Is it? Nah. Justin! Not happy with you, boss. Not happy. Sorry? What, what's go- Wagwan? Uh, well, Wagwan. No, no, no. It's not, that doesn't mean hello. <laughs> uh, that means what's going on. It's, okay. li- it's useful, uh, literally useful in this point here. Well, Wagwan, back to you then. What's going on? Kenny G? You're knocking Kenny G? Oh, come on. That man should be, um, once they finish Slobodan Milosevic, I don't know if he's, if he's still alive, they, he should be next in The Hague for, for um, wow. crimes in the 80s. Extraordinary. Mm. Absolutely Factual, extraordinary. Mate. No, the not at all. The saxophone is a flipping awful instrument, right? Do you like madness one step beyond? No. You don't like that? Nope. Spandau Ballet, true? 
I like it until the saxophone comes okay. in. Christopher it... Cross, Arthur's thing. Oh, for Christ. George out. Michael, Careless Whisper, Baker Street. I do not like Baker. I do not like Baker Street. Rubbish. It's an awful record. You like it. You I love don't it. I like it. Just admit it. Come on, be a man. Here's a romantic story, okay? okay. And we should have more of this. <laughs> Seriously. And I like this. This is romantic. Yeah. Uh, Catherine, you'd like this if, if two guys did this. Oh. Two love rivals, age 49 and 52, were arrested for fighting over a woman with an axe and a sword in oh. Austin, Texas. Oh, mm. a medieval. That's, that's, um, th- that's proper duelling, isn't it, Just? Do you know what? Sometimes you've just got to do these things. Yeah, we've just got to do these things. That's, that is romance. Mm. Romance is not dead totally in Austin, great. Texas. Can we get back to Kenny a- G? I'd go axe, wouldn't you? Axe or sword? Sword, axe. sword, sword. Longer, longer range. You can see the axe swing, okay? Because yeah. the axe, you've got to pull it back and pulling it back. Oh, he stabbed me. Right, hack. Sword, sword. Boss, hack would, you like, um, would you like a Great Starbucks do you, remember, do, you remember, do you remember Hack and Slash? They were good, weren't they? Boss? Hack, you got a hack! Unslash! You got a hack! Unslash! You got a hack! Hack, slash, slash, hack, hack, slash, slash! We are hack and slash! Anyway, how are those people injured? I'm thinking of Criss Cross. Oh. Justin! Would you like a Starbucks later on? Why? Are you going to get them to write a rude name on it? No, no, we'll, we'll, I'm just asking a question. Would you like a Starbucks later on? Yes, I would. Okay, you, you enjoy Starbucks, yeah? Yes, I do. Kenny G, one of the original investors in that company. Oh. I'm now saying, no, you're not having one. <laughs> I look forward to hearing a Kenny G package later on in the show. <laughs> is that happening? That is happening, yes. Bring it, bring it. Right, now, what are we going to send him out on? Well, we were going to do funeral crashes, weren't we? Well, I don't, I don't know, know if people will have anything on that. I've not crashed a funeral, yep. uh, but I have crashed a christening, and it was in Caddington. It was for my friend DJ Dazzler Jones. Oh, how old was he? Uh, well, it wasn't his christening; right. it was his child's christening. Okay. And I was late, and what I didn't realise was there were actually two churches in Caddington. Oh. I've sat through the whole service at the back. <laughs> They've all got up, and I've suddenly realised, oh dear, I'm at the wrong service here. Yeah. That Quickly happened to me. Quickly across the road here. Yeah. But I was godmother. Didn't go down too well. Wow. Mm. So you've got mother to a stranger now? No, I realised. Okay. Well, we can do that. There's a thing that we didn't... I, I, I tell you what, we've got a minute. Have a listen to this, Justin. Mm. This is me yesterday in Catherine's car with her youngest daughter, Titch, and I found an interesting toy. Have a listen to this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks for handing it back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who can write? See, see who can make the loudest noise. Either me with my voice or you with the horn. You ready? No, let's see who can be the quietest. Three, two, one, go. Me win. No, you didn't win. Do it again. Another go. No more. I won that one. I won. No, you didn't. I won it. I won it. You did not win it. Catherine, who is the loudest? Me or Titch? Uh, I think I've gone deaf. Do it again. Do it again. No. I won easily. I won. I won. I won. So let's get a little bit tense. Let the kid win. Catherine, this uh, this is a matter of pride. She needs to learn. Right, do it again, as loud as you can. Right, my turn. I won. I win. No, you didn't win. I won. I won because I did it. We're not playing who did it first. We're playing who did it loudest. <laughs> right, this is it. Now focus. Ready? No, no, I don't want to play this game. Praise I, be. Play, play it again. No, I don't. I want you. I want you to play it again. Ready? No, I'm not playing. Unbelievable. Oh, she owned you. Catherine, can I play it with you? <laughs> no. 
It did, did sound a little bit like bullying, actually, didn't it? Oh. Thoroughly unpleasant. She really bullied you there, mate. Didn't she, right? Jess? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay, but I'm going to. I'm, I'm seeking a therapist. Yeah, you should. Who can help? And I'm, I'm considering legal action against Catherine. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, Justin. Yeah. Uh, every child has a way of annoying their parents. Yeah. Can we find some really annoying children and, and how they annoy their parents, please? Yeah, no problem. Uh, and here's at all. another one. Every yep. parent has a grown-up that they'd rather didn't play with their kids because that sort of stuff happens. Good point, well made. Take it to the streets, Just. It's a quiet, oh, it's a quiet news day. Yep, no problem. As, as you can tell. And um, yeah, that exclusive Kennedy package on the way after eight o'clock. I'm going to turn you this morning, boss. Oh. <laughs> Justin, please. Thank you. Let's move on. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. How do your children annoy you? This is one of the great things of of, of being um, me. Is I, I I've got no boredom threshold, so I can make I can play that game with my kids in the car for two hours. Drive. Do you want the honker? Because you can have it. No, you keep that. I think you enjoyed that. Uh, but me and the boys can just repeat gay, uh, words and noises for hours and hours and hours, and it really annoys my wife, which is wonderful. Uh, how do your kids annoy you, please? What instruments are we going to get rid of? What other stuff was can there? Can we do how do your parents annoy you? Yeah, of course we can. We can. Yeah, well done. 08459 four double five five double five. There'll be more stuff coming up. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M southbound, that's starting to get very busy between Junction 3 for St Albans and 2 for Wellham Green. And the M25 anticlockwise is looking quite slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Also having a look at the North Orbital Road around Junction 21A for the M25 roundabout, that's very slow as well. In Watford, Exchange Road is looking quite busy on the speed sensors at Beach and Grove. And on the trains, there are possible delays on London, Midlands, Southern and Virgin trains through Watford Junction after the emergency engineering works yesterday. If you're heading into London or if you're in Watford, a 24-hour bus strike has begun. That's affecting most bus routes, but tickets are valid on the underground today. Smart the Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Kind of a hodgepodge today. Annoying kids, annoying parents. Ever turned up at the wrong do? Check some of your calls after the news from Barry. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, two deaths in Milton Keynes being linked to streetlights which had been switched off. Disabled commuters in Leighton Buzzard being let down by network rail and illegal road signs in Bucks to be removed. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged that no safety audit was carried out after Milton Keynes Council decided to switch off its streetlights three years ago. They were turned back on after a coroner said the lack of light was a contributing factor in the deaths of two people. Gary Tompkins' mother, Julie Pascoe, says her son was walking home from a birthday party in Milton Keynes when he was knocked down. The van driver said he didn't see him because it was just too dark. He went to hospital and unfortunately we had to turn the life support off. It's cost my son's life, just for a few few pounds. 
A cartoon of the Prophet Mohammed holding a sign saying Je suis Charlie is to feature on the front cover of the first edition of the satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo. Since Islamist gunmen attacked its offices in Paris last week, killing 12 people. The issue comes out tomorrow and 3 million copies will be printed instead of the usual 60,000. It's being translated into 16 languages and being made available in 25 countries. Network Rail are being accused of letting down disabled commuters in Bedfordshire. A lift system at Leighton Buzzard Station is yet to become operational. The lifts had been due to open at the end of last year. Anne Grant is a member of the support group Carers in Bedfordshire. She's been speaking to Ian this morning. Lifts are only one of the hurdles wheelchair users have to face. Um, the size of the lift is often a big problem. My husband's in a big heavy electric wheelchair, he's a tetraplegic, and often he just can't get in the lift, which, oh. is, which is a bad start. A referendum could be held in Bedfordshire over the amount of tax the public pay to fund the police force. The Police and Crime Commissioner wants to increase tax by nearly 16%. That would mean people in Bedfordshire would pay between 32 and 48 pence extra each week, depending on their council tax band. Ollie Martin says he thinks people won't mind paying a bit more for increased police resources. Clearly, the next three weeks before I actually set the budget is about me finding out what the what the public think. Uh, the feedback I get a lot is that people are prepared to pay more locally for policing, um, and you know I'm going to test that out over the over the next three weeks because clearly there's no point in having a referendum um, if the public are going to vote no. Any unauthorised signs in Buckinghamshire are due to be removed over the next few months. Transport for Buckinghamshire has decided that advertising and business display signs can be a hazard and they plan to take them all down. The owners of the signs will not be fined but will have to pay £50 if they want them back, otherwise they will be destroyed. They would also like the public to report any signs that are blocking pathways or distracting drivers. And the weather forecast, it'll be a rainy morning for most, with showers heavy in places. They should die out by mid-morning, leaving a mainly dry and fine day with highs of 4 Celsius, that's 39 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Three Counties Radio, three minutes past seven. Why, why am I telling you the time? You've probably got a watch or a clock or a telephone. On the show, we're talking about street lights, train stations, something to do with signs, which I've not quite got my head around yet. What instrument should we get rid of? The saxophone is at the top of the list. We're keeping the bagpipes. Kenny G, flipping heck. And what do's have you gatecrashed? Have you been at someone's wedding or funeral or birthday party and you're not meant to be there? I gatecrashed a, a wedding in India once. I was seen off by a man holding a rifle. What are you doing here? We just like the pretty colours. Go now, please. Yes, man with gun in foreign country. 
08459... No, hang on, let me try that again. What's the phone number here, Catherine? I, I, I can't remember. 08459 Show off. But the Rain Man. Beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Got any texts, love? Yeah, loads. Someone, I knew we'd get one of these. How about concentrating on driving, says someone who couldn't concentrate on putting their name on their text. Oh, these are the story uh, about a couple of people who have been killed. Their, links, uh, their deaths have been linked no, to I the No, I think fact- they're talking about the uh, child oh. blasting the... Oh, talking about that? Oh, blimey. Why don't you grow up? Why don't you grow up? She was driving your plum. Martin in Limbury talking about uh, annoying things that kids do. My oh, yeah. seven-year-old oh, yeah, daughter drives us bonkers by copying us all the time. Then my four-year-old, four-year-old shouts, she's copying me again, which is nearly as annoying. Yep. That is the universal... I mean, we've all played that we've game. We've all played. How do, you, how do um, uh, your kids annoy you? How do your parents annoy you? And uh, I crashed a funeral, says Phil, Here when I was go. a heating engineer with Islington Council in 1986. <laughs> I went to bleed the radiators in the chapel at the Creme. I didn't know a funeral was going on. you just got to take a pure at that state, haven't you? <laughs> don't, don't mind me. Don't, I'm just bleeding radiators. Don't mind me. That's what you do, isn't it? You get on and do it. Really? You love that. Well, then, then suddenly that funeral becomes a bit more memorable. Remember that Jim and Nan's funeral? Yeah, wasn't there a fella bleeding radiators there? Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? It's what she would have wanted. No, she'd still want to be alive. <laughs> so it's what they would have wanted. No, they, they would not want to be dead, I think is what they would have wanted. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can text as well eight one three double three. Start your text three C R now. It's emerged that Milton Keynes Council had serious uh, concerns, safety concerns, about switching off streetlights months before two deaths on dark roads. An audit looking into potential dangers was ordered by my next guest, but for some reason, it was never carried out. Conservative councillor John Bint was the councillor in charge of transport uh, transport at the time. Morning, John. Good morning. So why wasn't a safety audit carried out then regarding these lights being switched off? I think in 2011, a number of different things happened. The first was there was a change of some senior officers. There was also a change in administration. And and so there was a new group of people looking at the situation. And and I think it took a few months before it was realised that actually a, a safety audit hadn't been undertaken. Ah, so it kind of just, you recommended it and it just didn't, it slipped through the net. I think what I think what happened is that there was an immediate decision that um, all the grid lights that were serving uh, junctions and uh, redways and bus stops should be left on, and that decision was taken uh, within a few months of of, of the, say the change of administration. Um, what hadn't happened at that stage and and took longer because I think it was kind of new to the industry, is the effect of having these light and dark patches that was going to arise because we'd just taken the decision I've described. Yeah. Um, and, and then it wasn't until uh, the, the two casualties, uh, two unfortunate casualties that you describe in the coroner's report, that officers then looked into the effect of having some patches with light on and some patches with light off. Because it seems pretty obvious. If you've not got street lights on, even though your cars have got headlights, you you're not going to be able to see as much, are you? It's obviously dangerous. It, it is. It is obviously safer if you have lights. Yes, I take that point. That's 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 obvious. Um, but what we've also got in the background of this is we've got a investment program to put in low energy uh, light bulbs, so that we could have more light 
for less electricity. Um, so, so that that was happening. But as I say, um, it took a while for for the for the professionals for the industry to realise that um, it's not just a case of do you have lights in some area and dark in others, but also you have to you have to consider the effect of people um, driving from light into dark and vice versa. And once that was undertaken, um, then it was clear that really within the urban area of Milton Keynes, there are very few straights long enough um, to allow the eye to acclimatise to darkness and then come back into light for the next roundabout. Sherwin so we kept all the lights on. Sherwin Sequeira uh, and uh, Gary Tompkins are the two people that died. They died, well, in fact, one of their mums said they died just to save a few quid, didn't they? I don't think that's fair in a situation where um, everybody's doing their very best to keep Milton Keynes Road safe, and in general, Milton Keynes Roads are very safe. Um, but the, org- the, the audit wasn't organised, and for the sake of a few quid, two people are dead. In hindsight, in the benefit of what the industry, what the, what the experts now know, yes, I think, I think that's, that's, that's a blunt way of putting it, but, but I, can, I can see the point of view. And I think what we did is the moment the moment that the the concerns began to surface, then both elected councils and road highway professional officers looked at this situation, realised that they hadn't known as yeah. much as they needed to, and took a better decision and implemented it quite quickly. What what point did you realise that did people realise that things perhaps weren't working as well as you, you wanted to? Was it was it when um, Sherwin died, or was it when Gary died? I think the two were very close together in, 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 I think it was October of 2011, and by that stage, we'd already taken the decision um, to leave on all the lights that were serving junctions and redways and bus stops, and it was it was at that point that the... Um, that the investigations by the police, which I think kind of overlap, so I don't, I don't think you can have a was it one or the other. It was the two in quick succession that says, look, this is this is new science to us. This is this is light going into darkness. The industry hasn't hasn't known about it, hasn't had to cope with it, hasn't had to assess it. We need to. We did, and as a result of that, kept all the lights on in the urban area of Milton Keynes. And I do have to say, and because they put a time switch on them and a dimmer, um, we've actually got more light. We've got a road safety record that we are um, generally very proud of, and we're actually spending less on electricity. So I think um, it's... There's good bits in, in, in this period as well. There were some, some, some very good things happened. Has Milton Keynes Council apologised to the families of uh, Sharon Sakura and Gary Tompkins? I think you regret any casualty that's on that's that's um, that's avoidable. Yeah. Well, I think in this situation, has the council apologised? I don't know. Formally, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but but what, what I do know is is that is that um, we were dealing with something that hadn't been done before, which was trying to um, put lights on where it was yeah. most needed. Hence, hence and, the, why um, the audit would have been would, was was even more required. It never been done before, so it um, just seems odd that it, it, it didn't happen. That it slipped through the net. Yes, and I think when you're when you're a councillor, you're doing you're doing your best to to to, to juggle all the balls. And whose fault was it? The audit didn't get done. It's one of those situations. I think that's everybody's fault. Everybody, everybody, everybody's fault. Would say would say in hindsight that yes, of course, you should have done a, a, a safety assessment. It hadn't been done, um, and 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 it was done at the point that it was spotted. Mm. I mean, so I can, whose I fault was it? Whose fault was it that it, it, it didn't get done? 
I suspect a senior officer of that department who is no longer at the council. John, listen, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Conservative councillor uh, John Bint, uh, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. you got, Boyley? i had a text on this one. It says, uh, it's from Jill, I live in a rural village with no streetlights and have no problem with it. But at the weekend I drove in an urban area where streetlights were turned off and I found it quite scary. There's so many more obstacles to avoid and look out for. I could see many more accidents happening. What? She's familiar with her village. Yeah. She knows what's coming, doesn't she? I, I think anyone would find it frightening. Uh, I, is, this, is this too obvious? Isn't the way to save money is not switch off all streetlights, you switch off every second and third. So every third streetlight is on. Can you do that, though? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know how they're connected. I don't know how it works, really. But we, I remember we've talked about this before, about um, places and villages and estates switching off their streetlights to save money. Well, yeah, they're saving money and they're putting uh, lives... Did we have a story about a, a, a couple of homes that got robbed because there was no streetlight? So the, the, the burglars, you know, thought they, they were in with a better chance. Cover of darkness. But then the police, we've spoken to police before and they will argue that um, burglars like the light because they can see what they're doing. Oh, that's true. That's true. Oh, that's very sad. Oh, eight four five nine. Four double five, uh, five double five is the telephone number. Uh, if you uh, want to give us a call, what do your children do that annoy you? My, I told, did I tell you this? My, my youngest now, his thing is he wants to lick me. Oh, yeah. he tries to lick me. So, it, it, and it started. They both did it, and the eldest has got bored. And it started with, "Oh, I'm going to lick you, daddy." And now, I just, I've got really good peripheral vision, excellent. And so, never try and sneak up on me. Uh, so now, I'll be watching TV, and I'll just see out the corner of my eye him. Pull yeah. out, yeah, uh, and he does it really slow. He goes, oh, and you've just got to get it out of the way, son. First. Sorry, yeah, he puts his tongue out first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. His tongue. yeah. Oh, right, yeah. But you, uh, I've That's tried licking him, and he likes it, so it doesn't work. My kids insist on putting bits of me that should be sticking out and uh, pushing them in. Two, mm-hmm. two points about me that they are kind of obsessed with. Oh, really? Those? Yeah, that's the thing at the moment. Wowzers. So I have been they doing do, that, that do manoeuvre where out. you hold yeah. them by the forehead oh, like and you, they're swinging the arms and they like, can't get to you. Like you do if you're having I a fight with um, one of the anthill mob. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I tried that once and I got punched straight in the face. That'll learn you, Kelly Betts. 08459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M southbound, we've had reports that it's very slow there because of vehicles broken down between Junction 3 for St Albans and 2 for Wellham Green. Having a look at the speed sensors on the M1 southbound, that's looking very busy between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. And in Luton on Airport Way, for travelling in and out of the airport this morning, it's partially blocked between the M1 Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Vauxhall Way because of buildings on fire and the fire services are there putting it out at the moment. On the A1 southbound, it's very slow between the St Neots Junction and the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks and on the trains London Midlands Southern and Virgin trains have half hour delays because of emergency engineering works yesterday at Watford Junction if you're heading into London or if you're in Watford today a 24 hour bus strike has begun so that's affecting 94% of bus routes so that could cause some delays Samantha Brough BBC Three Counties Radio Right, 
right, 7.16, it's Tuesday the 13th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged that Milton Keynes Council had serious safety concerns about switching off streetlights months before two deaths on dark roads. And a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad holding a sign saying Je suis Charlie is to feature on the front cover of the first edition of the satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo since Islamist gunmen attacked its offices in Paris last week. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from 12. We're talking to Ellis Jones uh, about her journey, which has uh, landed her in the arms of Youthscape. When I was five, my dad left our family. It's your first inclination to go, oh, I must have done something naughty. Nick Coffer. I was in a really vulnerable place. The people at Youthscape, it is literally their job to show you that they love you and care about you and whatever you're going through. Every day my job's a privilege, but every once in a while it's an even bigger privilege because I get to meet people like you. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. So we've got a text. Yeah, through from Rob. It says uh, you can't say a senior officer is no longer with the council and then end the interview. That person is still responsible. Who are they? Bring them to account. Okay. Well, there we go. That's uh, one. It's uh, one opinion. Anything else? Uh, yes. Excellent. On a different matter. Oh, okay. Go. On. Okay. Uh, Jan in Luton. <laughs> what was that noise? I think a little bit of air escaped. <laughs> well, I was thinking about this next story, this uh, next suggestion. Yeah. Jamie Milton Keynes, do you know there are people who make woodwind instruments out of vegetables? Oh, yeah, I've seen this. You can blow a carrot. Yeah, check out the cla- carrot clarinet on YouTube. Surprisingly good. You can blow a carrot and you can play a parsnip. Yeah. That's, that is good, actually. If so, I, oh, you I'd wouldn't l- want to eat it afterwards, though, would you? Well, yeah, yeah I'd eat my own. <laughs> I'd eat my own parsnip. Would yeah. you? If I could. Would you? Yeah, if I could get it. Yeah, I'd blow a carrot and eat it. Would you? Would you, Kelly? Would yes. You? Would you, though? Oh, I don't actually really like carrots. It was something else. I like a roasted carrot. I don't like boiled carrots. Oh, I like roasted carrots. You can't that's play that's a roasted carrot. Trick. You can't play one no, of you, those. No, you blow it. You blow it, and then, then roast, roast it. it. You see? Cover it in honey. Yeah. Mm. Whatever. Yeah, roasted, you said you don't like carrots, Kels, but roasted carrots, they're still carrots. Is the word carrot... No, I like them roast. I don't mind the word carrot. Yeah. Uh, I like them roast. I love a raw carrot. I like them in things. I had a salad yesterday with shredded carrot. What do you like them in? Salad. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455555. You're right, Catherine? Good stories. Great, great bands. Now, the Conservative MP for South West Bedfordshire is calling for Network Rail to buck its ideas up. The firm promised to improve disabled access by installing lifts by the end of the last year of last year. And they did! They installed lifts. But the lifts don't work and Network Rail can't say when they will. Well, uh, uh, Andrew Salou is on the line now. Morning, morning, Andrew. Good morning to you. What on earth is going on? Well, Network Rail tell me that there's an emergency telephone in the lifts that isn't working and they've been trying to repair it uh, since some time before Christmas now. And I along with many people, are getting pretty exasperated at how long um, it's taking. We've waited a very, very long time for these lifts. We've got older people, disabled people, you know, parents with young children with buggies and so on, just anyone with heavy luggage, quite frankly, you know, who really, really wants this lift to be open so people can get up and down to London easily or Birmingham or wherever they're going. You know, the lifts are sitting there. You know, we're all looking at them, but no one can use them. 
What have uh, people said to you, uh, Andrew? What, what, what's kind of the reaction been? Well, people are getting pretty irritated and pretty angry. I mean, you know, we were really pleased when we were told they were going to be built. We've all watched them being built for months and months and months. Um, you know, they're finished. All the workmen have gone. Um, but no one's able to use them. And I've been onto Network Rail again and again and again. I'm now communicating directly with the rail minister because Network Rail answered to her. And, uh, you know, I'm looking for a date by when they're going to have... And they've given, they've given no idea. A week, a month, they've not said anything. They haven't given me a date, but I'm getting more and more exasperated. It's one of the reasons I'm so pleased that you rang yesterday. And How asked me long to come does on the it take to connect a blooming emergency phone up? Well, that's exactly my question. It's not as if there's a major structural fault and they've got to knock the whole thing down and start again. You know, this is a telephone. Um, you know, BT are pretty good. They can mend phones fairly fast these days, can't they? So well. I just uh, really wonder what the issue is. Um, I, I, what I can assure people locally, though, is that you know I'm very, very keen to get these lifts open as soon Good. as possible, and I'm going to stay on the tail of Network Rail until they mend it and it's open. Is it true, Andrew, that you were asked to go and open the lifts? <laughs> I was asked to go and open the lifts, I believe, in early December, and I said, wonderful, I'd, I'd be delighted to do that, you know, and I gave them a couple of dates... And then they kept putting me off and putting me off and no one was available and they couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, eventually they then said that uh, the emergency phone wasn't working. Uh, and it's just gone on and on and on since early December. I mean, it, it's a good month or so now. As an um, MP, Andrew, sorry, what, what would, how, would you, how would one open lift? Would, would, <laughs> is, is there a, literally a, a ribbon that's being cut? Or do well, you... uh, they say open it. I mean, you know, I, I, I think it, they just want to have some sort of ceremony right. to, to, you know, mark um, this significant addition to Leighton Buzzard Station, which we've waited a very, mm. very long time for. You know, people are, are really fed up that this station doesn't have a lift. Many other stations do have lifts. Leighton Buzzard should have had one, frankly, yeah. a long time ago. It's, you know, it's, it's really time this was open. But, you know, what I can assure people, I will keep on the tail of Network Rail until we get this sorted, because I'm very, very irritated it's taken so long. Network Rail, um, they're all to cock at the moment, aren't they? They're really all over the place with the, the, the troubles uh, at Christmas. And, and, and so there are huge things and there are slightly, you know, smaller things like this. They don't seem to have a clue, do they? It, it did take us um, a very long time to get the potholes mended in front of Leighton Buzzard uh, Station. I mean, that just took, frankly, much, much longer than it should have done. Um, so this is just the second example at Leighton Buzzard Station where things have taken very much longer than they really should have done to have got sorted. But anyway, I'm an optimist. You know, I will stay on their tail. We will get these lifts opened. Uh, I'll keep badgering them, and um, I'm sure they'll be open sometime soon. Andrew, excellent. Thank you for your time. We will keep in touch with you, and um, as soon as uh, we have a date, well, then we'll all be eagerly anticipating it. It's uh, Andrew Saluk, Conservative MP for South West Bedfordshire. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. You asked me an excellent question there, Catherine. Go on. Have you ever opened anything? Tin can. Have I? Sorry? Tin can? A door. You know, like a fate. No, I'm trying to think. Have I ever opened I have, and I find them always embarrassing. You have? Yeah. What do you mean always? How many have you done? Few. What have you opened? I don't like doing them. You You can't say no. What have you opened? Um, I well, I was asked to go and open something at a uh, charity, but no one had told the rest of the people at the charity. So when I turned oh. up to say, "Yeah, I'm here to do the opening," they're like, "Oh, oh really? Okay." Blimey. It was one of those. Oy. I was asked to switch on someone's Christmas lights. Oh, in their house. Yeah. Really? Turned out to be their house. Flip. What did someone just send an email saying? Well, how did that work? 
Well, I was told that there was a big charity light switch on. Yeah. Um, and the woman um, was very nice and charming and everything. And I turned up and it was her house. So I was um, and who showed was there? To the light switch. Who was there? Uh, her mates. That's weird. <laughs> Are there any pictures of this? No. It's really embarrassing. And you had, what, you had to go, and now I turn on these lights, and what, you had to go and bend down and switch the plug, the, the plug on? Yeah, at one point, I can't say. Say? At one point, she got stuck in the mud on a mobility scooter. I don't know what you're laughing at that for. That's, that's outrageous. And I was trying to help her. Like, I was pushing for ages trying yeah. to get her out of the mud. She jumped out of it. What? And did it herself. What? Oh. <laughs> what she so just... she was lazy? No. But she wasn't as disabled as I thought she was. So she could have switched her lights on herself the whole time? Well, no, it wasn't about that. It was an honour to do it, obviously. Oh, right, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. getting that from the way you're telling the story. I have opened Did a couple of things. Up. I didn't do a plaque. Her, her neighbours had gone out because they didn't like the lights. I've opened my uh, my mum's fate at her care home a couple of times and nobody there has a clue who I am. It's always mortified. I, I'm just it? the fella that, that goes to see his mum there. So they don't know that I've, that, you know, I've been on... T- and it is awful and it's more... I do it because mum really enjoys it. Um, uh, you know, but they've got rid of... Um, um, uh, what's his name? Term, Termill. Turnbull. Bob... T- what's his name? Rob Turnbull. Is that a man? Turnbull, Turnmill, the, the BBC One newsman. Yeah, that one. He used to do it before me. Well, I was told the bloke from QVC did it the year before me. Oh, the flippin big light switch on. Flipping it. And it was literally switching on the big light. What have you opened? It's, it's a legitimate uh, phone in 08459. For, uh, what is it? 4555555. What have you ever opened anything, Dave? Apart from your big gob. <laughs> it's a good job I'm not there, pal. Why is, that, why is that, pal? Well... You'll have a big gob at all. What is that? I don't even know what that means. Yeah, with a punch in it. Right, okay, right. Another with the insults, th- an- but another I threat. Talk, can I talk serious today? I, I don't know, can you? Can you tell me the reasons why the French president, too, didn't tell that um, mag- French magazine to keep it all off, to keep it all quiet about this Mohammed? I could tell you, you know, why. Profit. I could tell you why. Three words. Three words, what? Dave. Liberté, égalité, fraternité. Yeah, yeah, oui, oui. The first yeah. one is freedom. Freedom of speech. No, no, no. Well, then you'll have freedom of killing more innocent people, won't you? This is the whole argument, Dave, right? So you yeah. wonder why the French president didn't say to this magazine, Oi, button it. Yeah, that's right. correct. Because it's freedom of speech. No, no, then you could have freedom of killing innocent people so, again, aren't you? the same one justifies the other. Well, no, it, uh, if, if you, if this is how that, those 17 innocent people got killed, because they were printing out my, this Prophet Mohammed. By the way, remind and, me, there's, then, a, there's a really sad um, uh, uh, epilogue to this story. Uh, we, we, remind me to tell you in a second, really sad twist at the end of this story, yeah. Um, but the, the situation is, yep. they've come along now that these um, evil cum- gunmen have killed these innocent people. <laughs> and <laughs> Dave! The, Dave! I think and it was a stutter. It was a stutter. He said gunmen. He said gunmen. Yes, Dave. Carry on, well, please. Gun. Yeah, gun. But then the situation is, <laughs> they're printing... Our careers all flashed in front of our eyes. Again. The Mohammed thing, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. freedom of speech, Dave. No, no, it's freedom of killing these innocent people did again, they, isn't did it? They, did those cartoonists deserve to die? Well, if they're printing things like this all the time about and make people livid curious, then what are they expecting? Did they deserve to die? 
Well, I don't know. Not the uh, not the other innocent people. Right. Did the cartoonists, the fella that drew that cartoon and his boss, who said, "Yep, yeah, we're going to put that on the front page," did they deserve to die? Well, it is, it, they're insulting uh, a prophet, Mohammed, to where these people. Um, uh, I don't know what you call them, Muslim people. If they worship well, that they, person, well, let's call them thugs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, if they worship that per- person, then and you irritate that person, then I tell you what, they'll do the killing, won't they? So they deserve to die, is what you're saying, in essence. N- no one deserves to die. But it's, but their, it's their fault. Well, yeah, because okay. they're printing this, this situation. Dave, thank you very much indeed. And they've done it again. Yeah. The f- the cop. Leading the investigation, this is so sad, um, shot himself, killed himself. Yeah, on Wednesday. Killed himself. He was depressed anyway, apparently. He'd been speaking to, I think, some of the family members of those people that have been killed. And racked with uh, guilt and depression, he killed himself. Isn't that a terrible kind of epilogue to the whole story? Well, you've heard it there from Dave... Dave thinks in a roundabout way... Well, Dave thinks the cartoonists um, may not have deserved to die, but it's their fault. It's that what do you expect, really? What do you expect? They were doing the pictures of Mohammed. It's their fault. I'm going to leave you with that thought, please. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M25 clockwise, there's been an accident just after Junction 16 for the M40. Police have had reports that Lane 4 is blocked, but uh, it's starting to cause queues. You can't see it on the camera, but it's possibly on the hard shoulder already, we've heard. On the A1M southbound, a breakdown has happened between Junction 3 for St Albans and 2 for Wellham Green. It has uh, been moved away and it's starting to ease off there, but it's looking at the M1 southbound. It's very slow between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and the M1 Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. On Airport Way, that was partially blocked between the M1 Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabouts and Vauxhall Way, but that has now uh, reopened. It's starting to ease off on the way to Luton Airport. In Hemel Hempstead on the A41 southbound, that's looking slow on the speed sensors between Two Waters Road and the M25 Junction 20 at Kings Langley. And on the trains, there are half hour delays on London, Midlands, Southern, and Virgin trains through Watford Junction. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past seven with the headlines. I'm Barry Caffrey. It's emerged that no safety audit was carried out after Milton Keynes Council decided to switch off its streetlights three years ago. They were turned back on after a coroner said the lack of light was a contributing factor in the deaths of two people. A cartoon of the Prophet Mohammed holding a sign saying Je suis Charlie is to feature on the front cover of the first edition of the satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo. Since Islamist gunmen attacked its offices in Paris last week, three million copies of the issue will be printed. Network Rail are being accused of letting down disabled commuters in Bedfordshire. A lift system at Leighton Buzzard Station is yet to become operational despite being in place since last year. And any unauthorised signs in Buckinghamshire are due to be removed over the next few months. Transport for Buckinghamshire has decided that advertising and business display signs can be a hazard and they plan to take them all down. And the weather, it'll be a rainy morning for most with showers heavy in places. They should die out by mid-morning, leaving a mainly 
fine and dry day with highs of 4 Celsius. That's 39 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cristiano Ronaldo has won FIFA's Ballon d'Or World Footballer of the Year. With more details, here's our senior football reporter, Ian Dennis. It's a second successive year and a third time overall that Ronaldo has claimed this prestigious award. He described it as an unforgettable year in which he scored 52 goals in 43 games in 2014. With just over 37% of the votes, Ronaldo was a convincing winner ahead of Lionel Messi and goalkeeper Manuel Neuer. German midfielder Nadine Kessler was named Women's Player of the Year, but there was no award for Ireland's Stephanie Roach for Goal of the Year. The prize instead went to Colombia's James Rodriguez for his goal against Uruguay in the World Cup. Chelsea manager Jose Mourinho has until six o'clock this evening to respond to an FA misconduct charge in relation to comments that he made following Chelsea's game against Southampton on the 28th of December. Mourinho claimed that there was a campaign to influence referees' decisions against his side. Fast bowler James Anderson has told the BBC that he believes England will go a long way in the Cricket World Cup, which starts next month. Anderson thinks England will benefit from the lack of expectation going into the competition. The danger for other teams is if they take us lightly because we've got young lads who have very little pressure on them. They're just going to play with freedom uh, and I honestly think that we've got a great chance of going a long way in this competition and I know people will scoff at that but... As an England team, I know the majority of us feel like that and and the fact that we have been written off will definitely work in our favour. And the women's darts BDO finalist Fallon Sherrock says she enjoyed the experience at Lakeside. Sherrock, who's from Milton Keynes, was beaten 3-1 by Lisa Ashton on Saturday. I knew what I was expecting this time, so I didn't feel like under pressure or anything like that and I was used to all the noise in the background and the publicity and stuff like that, but this time it's just gone... Really, like a lot. I mean, I was travelling back on the train today and two people stopped me. I was like, oh my God, I'm a celebrity. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now that... As you know, dear listener, I'm not a fan of sport and I found all that talk of football tedious. Barry delivered it excellently with a few foreign names thrown in there. Always tricky. Did it excellently. I wasn't interested in any of it until we got to that young lady from Milton Keynes who is the darts champion because she's a real person... She's not, none of that. When you get footballers on, by real, I mean, she sounds a little bit common. She sounds real. Because when you get footballers on, they always put on a voice and they always try and sound really intellectual. And, and Do bit, they? Well, they try, they, they, they try and... They've got nothing to say. Well, the uh, the football match was um, stunning. I thought as a team that we did we played well, but we could when, certainly play. But just when just, really, what they should say is either we didn't score enough goals, yeah. or we scored enough goals. Yeah. Whereas she was her name Fallon. Yes. We should get her on the show. She sounded brilliant. Because right. she, she, I tell you what it is. I tell you exactly what it is. Because she is um, is thrilled. She is thrilled. Those footballers are in a privileged position, and every time they're interviewed, they should start by going, "I can't believe I get paid to do this," and that's pretty much what she was saying. Mm-hmm. She was saying she loves it, she can't believe it, and she... Oh, people recognise me on a train! Brilliant. That's what's missing from sport, the excitement. 
They should. Footballers, Justin, at the yeah. start of every interview, should go. Do you know what? I still cannot believe I'm getting paid to kick a ball around. <laughs> but if they did that, can you imagine the abuse they would oh, then get the following weekend? Mate, they're so pompous and self-righteous. Whereas that young lady mm-hmm. was was absolutely thrilled and yep. realizes the lucky position she's in but and is loving it. There are some footballers who also name one. Uh, let me name you a footballer. Okay, uh, if you want a local one, Andre Gray. There I'm, you go. I haven't got a clue who that is. Well, you saw him play for Luton Town oh, against Millwall. I meant, I meant someone who plays for a real football okay. team, mate. not one of your, your Mickey he, Mouse ones. He came from the non-league, he got transferred to Brentford for £600,000 in the summer, and he's always tweeting saying, I can't believe Good this is him. happening to me, I'm so lucky. Good there you go, name, one example. Name one that gets paid £250,000 a week that has that same attitude. Um, I you can't. can't. No. You can't. If I got paid two hundred and fifty grand a week, right, mm. I would literally, every every sentence I would would start would start with, I can't believe I get this much money for playing football. Well, and they're so miserable it, and so pompous. Oh, and don't bo- you can't boo us. The fans can't. Yes, the fans oh, can boo okay. you because they're paying 50, 60 quid a week to come and watch you. They can boo you as much as they want, wow. sunshine. You're getting high. Now, listen, you don't get paid badly for what you do. Yeah, do you people, start your programme saying, guys, I'm so happy to be no, here. Thank you so no. much for sharing. No, you don't. I th- No, but I like to think that my enthusiasm for being one of the biggest <laughs> chances in the world, yeah. I get paid pretty good money to yep. sit and play with my mates for three hours a day. Yep. How yep. cool is that? It's fantastic. And some players as well, um, they're with you on that one. Every single day, they are pinching themselves. But do they have to come out and say it? Probably not. But the dart story, I went to the darts the other week. Anybody who's not tried it before, go to the Alley Pally. I was surrounded by men dressed up as sailors, uh, as meerkats, as teenage mutant ninja turtles, drinking drug, dr- drinking jugs of lager. <laughs> Jugs of lager. It was a great night. Drinking well, drugs. You said anyone who's not gone, but you said that it's not really the place for women. Um, it's and the yet place we just heard from a local champion who's a woman. It's I'm the place for women if you like, how can I put this, um, hardcore banter. If you like being heckled. Let's see yeah. if we get Fallon on today. Let's get Fallon she on the She says uh, darts is her hobby. That's nice. That, that's go. why she's still enjoying it. Yeah, that's why she's enjoying it. Let's see if we get Fallon on the show by nine o'clock, because I, I want to talk to I want to hear Dealey talk to her as I well. I think she might have been on sport last night. Beautiful. Well, I think she so was. We'll have her number. Beautiful. Let's, well get, let's get her on. Now, Dealey, I had a wonderful um, uh, afternoon yesterday um, uh, using um, Tick, that's Catherine's youngest daughter, as a tool, a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, and we were winding up Catherine. It was fun. And all kids are great at irritating their parents. It turns mm. out... That's what they're there for. Yeah. You've taken this to the streets. I have. And you know what? It's been a really tough one. I'll tell you why. Because most people saying to me this morning, oh, no, no, no. My child is absolutely perfect. Liars. They don't do anything to annoy me. Liars. That's exactly what I said to them. But they were having none of it. However. Liars. A few people... <laughs> A few people spoke the truth. I've been asking people, what annoys you about your children? Here's what people had to say. So you've got two children, seven and three. I want you to tell me about the things they do that really, really wind you up. (laughs) There's lots of things that they do that really wind me up. Leaving lights on. I get home and it's kind of like Blackpool illuminations every night, particularly in the winter, you see the lights left on. Taps are still running, etc. Clothes on the floor, uh, dollies everywhere, that kind of thing. So general clutterness, I would say, and untidiness. It sounds like a constant nightmare for you. And a nightmare which is costing you an absolute fortune. It, it does, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So no matter how many times you tell them, they keep on doing it. Yeah. Give a lot of mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so when did the mouth start happening then? 
Uh, it normally gets to about 13, doesn't it? So, as soon as they got to 13, yeah, that was it. They yeah. started giving you lip. Yeah. yeah. Anything else they did that, that annoyed you? Always on the Ponce Manny. Yeah, always on the Ponce Manny. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, how many kids have you got? Um, I've got one little boy. And how old's the boy? Eight years old. Wow. OK, um, I'm sure he keeps you nice and busy. What annoys you about your eight-year-old boy? Um, just sometimes when he's lazy or doesn't want to make effort for things, yeah. like schoolwork, and <laughs> just general things like that. Apart from that, he's all right. No, he's a good lad. Good lad. He's <laughs> a lazy boy. It doesn't surprise me. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. OK. Why, why were you so shocked by her son being eight years old? Well, I'm just saying, you know, he's, he's an eight-year-old boy, and an eight-year-old boy that wasn't a shock, it was just... An you said, eight. wow. She, how old's your boy? Eight. Wow. Yeah, okay, well... Oh. <laughs> what does she, that was she a very young-looking woman? She was very young. There you go. But... Oh, but, but? The eight-year-old boy was me thinking, wow, I bet you've got your hands full. That kind of wow. Okay. Didn't sound like that. I would suggest. I think uh, next week there's another pointless training session for BBC staff. I think next week. Let me just. Yeah, it's um, uh, uh, different ways of saying wow. Uh, so <laughs> I, su- I suggest you sign up for that one, Just. Okay. Uh, are we done? No, we're not actually. I tell you what, I'd like for the last hour of the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard Dave from Luton. Okay. Yes. Expressing very clumsily what I have heard a lot of other people say, and I'm genuinely shocked by this, right? He wasn't saying uh, it was... Um, he wasn't saying that the, the cartoonist and Charlie Hebdo deserved to die. He did say it was their fault. And I have heard... That, that was kind of the, the, the thread, wasn't it, Catherine? I've got that right. Yeah. Uh, he said it was their fault, OK, for drawing things that, when they knew that people would, would get angry and upset by it. Mm. I've heard other people say this and worse over the last week, Justin. Um, I wonder well, if you could wrong. take. Well, I, I, yeah, I think most right-minded people would think they were wrong. Can we take it to the streets? Not asking, yeah. do they d- did they deserve to die? Was it their fault? I'll take it to the streets. Um, I'm kind of dreading what sort of reaction we're going to get. Hopefully, people aren't going to be talking like Dave was earlier. I heard that, and I actually stopped what I was doing because I couldn't believe what he was saying. Well, we've but, had a text message through from someone who is uh, on the opposite side to Dave, but equally, uh, well, I'd say more vitriolic. Go on. I get annoyed, and I, there are some words in here that I'm not going to use, but okay. um, I get annoyed that someone with the same ability to conduct a reasoned argument as my dog gets the same rights as decent people. It doesn't mean I'm going to kill Dave in Luton, no. Wow. Or perhaps it's 3CR's fault for giving him airtime, given his reasoning, says Phil. Well, no, the thing is... Uh, mm. listen, I would like to take a phone call from. Yeah, exactly. You can come on, uh, and anyone can come on, and it, pretty much anyone can come on and pretty much express kind of almost any view within a few certain caveats, of course. Um, uh, but... Uh, it, if that, if I had just heard that from Dave from Luton, I would be laughing. But I've not. I've yeah. heard other people say it on other shows and other stations. There's another one through here from Mohammed in Luton who says, um, "Today I ask your opinion on what should one expect if you've created over a billion enemies." Now, well, hang on a second. That's from Mohammed. Mm-hmm. Is now. Uh, is that is that a genuine Mohammed or well, is that I've someone? Well, back through his history, and he always <laughs> tweets as Mohammed. Uh, okay. Sorry, messages as Mohammed, okay. and there is a surname as well. Okay, all right. So, I mean, just I think it might be an interesting one. Yeah, I think it will be. I really do. I suspect it might be a depressing one. As I well. think it will. I think, I think, like you say, I mean, obviously we heard Dave earlier on. I've heard a couple of people. I mean, not too many, to be fair, but only a couple of people that that have said something similar to Dave. I'll take it to the streets. I'll report back after eight o'clock and uh, tell you what people. People have to say this morning. It's another text Thank from you, mate. Speak to you later. Matt. Matt says, freedom of speech or freedom to insult every Muslim on the planet. Now, that leads to the question, really, is every Muslim who sees that offended? They know the character of that magazine. Uh, yeah. 
It, uh, it's, a, it's, I, a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, d- did the uh, cartoon, the people who were shot um, in Paris the other day, uh, did they, what, what's the question I make sure, did they deserve it? Was it their own fault? Was it their own fault? Sorry, not did they deserve it. Yes, was it their own fault for doing stuff that they know would be uh, inflammatory? 08459 455 555. The point of Charlie Hebdo is that they are uh, irreverent, they are anti-religion, and they think that just because something is religiously sacred doesn't mean that you shouldn't be allowed to talk about it. Yeah, I wouldn't... Uh, some uh, of the cartoons I thought were quite offensive, and not just because they were... Some um, of them were religious. rotten, some of them were... Um, you know, championing the underdog. Some of them, the majority of them, I suggest, weren't funny. Um, but, you know, you can't shoot someone for, for not being funny. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there are queues just after from just after junction 16 for the M40 because of an accident. And also anti-clockwise on the M25, there are queues between junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. In Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road, that's looking very slow around the M25 junction 21A roundabout. In Boreham on the A1 southbound, there are queues from the Holiday Inn uh, to Stirling Corner. And in Hartford on Gascoigne Way, that's looking very slow on the speed sensors around Ware Road and Fourth Street. On the trains, London, Midland and Southern and Virgin Trains all have half-hour delays through Watford Junction because of the emergency engineering works yesterday. And if you're in Watford or heading into London, a 24-hour bus strike has begun on the buses, so 94% of bus routes are not running. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, it's 7.45, it's Tuesday the 13th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The lack of street lighting was found to be a contributing factor in the deaths of two people in Milton Keynes three years ago. The council confirmed no safety audit had been carried out, um, carried on its policy out before deaths. A cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad holding a sign saying Je suis Charlie is to feature on the front cover of the first edition of the satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo since Islamist gunmen attacked its offices in Paris last week. 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Another rather grey and damp start to the day across all three counties. We've had a fair bit of rain this morning, but it seems to have eased off a little. Still have some showers around, but the main bulk has now cleared south and eastward. Still have the cloud, cloud one or two showers for a while, but then we'll get some sunny spells through the middle part of the day. As we head towards uh, the end of the day, we should get some clearance on that, some sunshine uh, to end the day. Also still one or two potentially quite heavy showers out there. Now out towards parts of the Chilterns, for example... This, these showers could turn a little wintry and the Met Office has issued a yellow weather warning for snow and ice for parts of Buckinghamshire really only um, for tonight into tomorrow morning. Now we could see ice pretty much anywhere. It's a widespread frost overnight as temperatures dripping down to around zero but also any showers we do get could turn wintry. The only place we're really going to see it start to accumulate at all is probably out towards higher ground to the Chilterns as I said. Towards lower ground we're probably going to see a little bit but we won't do much on the ground so a chilly start tomorrow morning minimum temperature down to zero overnight um, one or two showers around first thing but they're clear we'll get a drier middle part of the day and then as we head through tomorrow afternoon the cloud increases and our next weather system arrives the Met Office has issued an early yellow weather warning for um, strong winds gusts of 50 to 65 miles per hour likely through tomorrow evening and overnight into Thursday and that's your forecast 
every weekday morning. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Local opinions. We think it's absolutely shocking that this young man should continue to have to be punished. He hasn't even shown any remorse or said sorry. Well, firstly, I have to disagree. The JVS Show. Well, we're not living in very optimistic times. But it does seem very clear, doesn't it? They're human beings. Some are good people, some are bad. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, we've all seen the old dodgy-looking signs on the side of the road. Cars for cash, we buy your gold, um, School of 86 Hardcore Reunion featuring Fat Dubs. I like, who Does goes around, ever ring them? I, I don't know. Who goes around putting those things? I've never seen anyone putting them up. I see a lot of work from home. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I tell you the one I, I've seen. We buy any house. Oh, Right, but it's handwritten, yeah. and it's got a mobile number on it, and stuck on a, a lamppost. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, guys, I want to sell my house. Really. Hey, look, we just drove past a mobile phone number. Let's call them. If you're listening and you've ever rung any of those numbers, Ooh. can you tell us what happened? Someone must do. Anyway, um, Buckinghamshire County Council have had enough, and they've announced a county-wide purge. Ruth Vigor is a Buckinghamshire County Council cabinet member for transportation. Morning, Ruth. Good morning. What, so, give us some examples of some of these signs that we're talking about. Well, I mean, it's street clutter, isn't it? Street street furniture that's not welcomed by the residents. So uh, we're having a big purge, as you quite rightly said, and uh, we're going to start clearing them all away. And which kind of, are, are these the signs that are tied to lampposts? They're tied to lampposts. Um, they're also put on the pavement so the public can't always get oh. past them. They obstruct motorist viewpoints. They're a bit of a nuisance, really. So which one, which, what are the kinds of signs that are put on pavements? Well, they're mainly uh, companies that are trying to advertise their businesses. So it could be anything from a florist to a builder to, to as you quite rightly pointed out to your uh, people this morning, it, it could be buy, buy any car, buy yeah. any house, buy any piece of land. Why are you taking such a hard line against these signs? Mainly because they're a danger. They are a danger. As I say, they, they obstruct uh, vision, um, they obstruct the footpath, so people with prams, wheelchairs can't get past so you know we need to clear up our streets can't you just knock on on the the florist or the shops and say look you're not allowed to have your sign there move it otherwise we'll fine you we have done that um i have in my own particular division uh, in bucks um uh, offenders of signage where we've asked them very nicely we've written to them very nicely and politely and they just ignore you and you can't prosecute them or fine them we can actually, um, yeah, we can actually find them. We can take them away. We hold them for seven to ten days. We give them the opportunity to have them back. At that point, if they want their sign back, it will cost them £50. Right. If they don't, then we destroy them. And how much does it cost to go around collecting all these signs? Well, we have a, a, a two-man crew going out um, at the end of uh, this month, and it will cost £250 per district. That's one crew of two operatives per area working for six hours to remove them. Okay, and, and so, so so 250 quid a month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and if they take this, if they pay the 50 pounds and get their signs back, what's to stop them doing it again? Well, nothing other than the fact they will get another 50 pound fine, and it will continue. I mean, we just hope people will be a little bit respective and uh, respectful. Sorry, and and they will work with us. I mean, there are certain signs that you can put up. It's always best to speak with your parish or your town council and go and see them and say, you know, I've got this. I want to do that, and they will advise you on proper legislation so that it doesn't become a danger to members of the public. If there's a charitable event. 
um, then okay, you know, again, that there are ways of displaying those signs, and we wouldn't want to to stop necessarily those people from having their events supported. Ruth, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, Ruth Weigel, uh, Buckinghamshire County Council Cabinet Member for Transportation. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. For all you gamblers out there. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again Maybe tomorrow, I wanna settle down Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road, that never seems to end When you adventure, lies just around the bend so if you want to join me for a while, just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style. Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down, until tomorrow the whole world is my home. What you got, Kath? Loads of texts on uh, the Charlie Hebdo uh, question. That we, we like asked. your text. Do call us. The calls, we can kind of investigate this. The question was, uh, after Dave Luton uh, called in... He suggested that while the uh, cartoonists didn't deserve it, it was their own fault. Yes. Debbie says, good morning, Ian. Those that are condoning the murder of the cartoonist in Paris are just as bad as those who pulled the trigger. Well, um, no, Maybe they're not. not. Did those police and Jewish people deserve it? How disgusting is that? This country is getting to be a scary place to live in, made more worrying with views from people like Dave. Oh, Dave. Uh, Matt says, if you keep insulting me, having been warned repeatedly not to, would you expect to eventually get a slap? Blowing your head off would be a bit extreme, I admit, but eventually I would retaliate. Why? Why? Why would you retaliate? Why? I don't know why you'd have to. Tony, uh, I am... am with, I why, being... with violence. Why would you have to retaliate with violence? Mm. 
Am I being Charlie if I disagree with Mohammed? I, I think he means the text of yes. Mohammed. Uh, I don't think that a billion people have been offended. A billion people have not read the magazine. A billion people may have more compassion and tolerance. A billion people may turn the other cheek. By all means, be offended if you choose to, but don't kill because you're offended. Show that your religion is as strong as your faith. Enjoy your religion. Don't endure it, says Tony. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We've got a tweet here um, from John about the road signs. How is that news? Plus, Bedford has been doing it for years. Yeah, I kind of agree, John. Fair enough. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of agree. Yeah, I know. I know. But what also, you mean. don't you think by giving the signs back, they're just saying carry on, carry on moving it around? Yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't. I, to me, it sounded like, forgive me, a nice little learner. Yeah. They get fined £50, they get another £50 if they get their sign back, and then they carry on the chase. There, there are more important things to worry about than that, aren't there? Yeah. Really? I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm not quite... Um, I didn't quite follow that story. If, I, if I'm honest... Am I allowed to be honest here? It's the BBC. I can never quite remember what the policy is on yeah, honesty. Yeah, uh, what day is it? It's a Tuesday the 13th. I think it's an honesty day, yeah. It's an honesty day. Speaking of honesty days, flipping heck, but there are so many perverts out there. Nude weddings may be legalised. Have you seen this? Yes. This is disgusting. <laughs> what? You should be able to see the goods before you're married. Do yeah. still wear a veil? Don't wear, the, don't wear the same thing as the bride. <laughs> They'll have a garter on. You know they will. Um, to hold up nothing. <laughs> the, do you get your hair done before the wedding? Guys? Of course you do. Okay. Couples may soon be able to get married in their home, the garden, or even in the nude. Nude's a good word, isn't it? I like nude. A wedding could also involve walking down the aisle in a supermarket or leaping from an aeroplane. Flipping. I, hate... I thought they could anyway. Uh, you can pretty much get married anyway. I hate you? wacky people. They have to be licensed premises. Ministers have ordered a rethink in the wake of the legislation that allows gay weddings. The review will look at proposals for sweeping reforms that may permit ceremonies to take place at far wider range of venues. Um, other organisations seeking to be allowed to conduct weddings is British Naturism. Oh, that is just disgusting. Why would anyone want to get married? Anyway. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, naked. It's just disgusting. The group... Uh, uh, there was a risk that any group, including those with a cult following, could potentially qualify to be able to run weddings. The groups identified as at risk include political organisations, Jedi Knights, Hells Angels... And criminal gangs involved in forced marriage. Why would you want to get married in the nud? I hate nudists. I'm, I'm, I'm a never nude. I, 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 I'm, I'm always got a piece of clothing on. And they're never committed to full nudism, are they? They've always got socks and sandals on or yeah. a bum bag of some description. <laughs> <laughs> and they always carry a towel. It's if deep. you're going to go nature, go nature. Perverts. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there was an accident earlier between Junction 15 for the M4 and 16 for the M40. It did move off to the hard shoulder very quickly, but has left some queues behind. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. And further afield on the M11 southbound, there's a lane close between Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford and 7 for Harlow, so that's making it very slow through there. Looking at the speed sensors in Wendover on the A413 southbound, it's very heavy from Nash Lee Road to the Link Road 
at Great Missenden. And on the A1 southbound, that's very slow between the St. Louis Junction and the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks. On the trains, London, Midland and Southern are running a normal service again through the engineering works that happened yesterday at Watford Junction. But Virgin trains have a half-hour delay because of speed restrictions. Smart the Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. These nude weddings... Did you bring the rings? Yeah. No, the wedding rings. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, two deaths and Milton Keynes being linked to streetlights which had been switched off. Disabled commuters in Leighton Buzzard being let down by network rail and illegal road signs in Bucks to be removed. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged that no safety audit was carried out after Milton Keynes Council decided to switch off its streetlights three years ago. They were turned back on after a coroner said the lack of light was a contributing factor in the deaths of two people. Conservative councillor John Bint was the councillor in charge of transport at the time. He says once it was realised there was an issue with the lights being switched off, the council tried to rectify the situation. I think what we did is the moment the moment that the the concerns began to surface, then both elected councillors and road highway professional officers looked at this situation, realised that they hadn't known as yeah. much as they needed to, and took a better decision. A cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad is to feature on the front cover of the first edition of the satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo. Since Islamist gunmen attacked its offices in Paris last week, killing 12 people. Millions of copies are being printed before the magazine goes on sale tomorrow. Chris Morris reports from Paris. They're calling it the survivors issue and it looks like the next edition of Charlie Hebdo will pull no punches. An image of the front cover has been released in advance. Under the words, all is forgiven, it carries a cartoon of a crying prophet Mohammed holding a sign saying, Je suis Charlie, the slogan used to express support for the satirical weekly newspaper and for freedom of expression after last week's attacks. The upcoming edition of Charlie Hebdo will have a print run of up to three million copies. There's been demand from around the world. Usually only 60,000 are printed. The chief executive of Morrison's, Dalton Phillips, has announced he's stepping down. The supermarket chain has reported a 3.1% drop in like-for-like sales over Christmas. Network Rail are being accused of letting down disabled commuters in Bedfordshire. A lift system at Leighton Buzzard Station is yet to become operational. The lifts had due to open at the end of last year. Andrew Salou is the Conservative MP for South West Bedfordshire. He says he will be doing all he can to get the lifts working again. People are, are really fed up that this station doesn't have a lift. Many other stations do have lifts. Slayton Buzzard should have had one, frankly, yeah. a long time ago. It's, you know, it's, it's really time this was open. But, you know, what I can assure people, I will keep on the tail of network rail until we get this sorted because I'm very, very irritated it's taken so long. Any unauthorised signs in Buckinghamshire are due to be removed over the next few months. It's been decided that advertising and business display signs can be a hazard. Ruth Vigor is Buckinghamshire County Council Cabinet Member for Transport. She told Ian this morning what will happen. 
it's street clutter, isn't it? Street street furniture that's not welcomed by the residents. So uh, we're having a big purge, as you quite rightly said, and uh, we're going to start clearing them all away. They're tied to lampposts. Um, they're also put on the pavement so the public can't always get oh. past them. They obstruct motorist viewpoints. They're a bit of a nuisance, really. And the weather, it will be a rainy morning for most, with showers heavy in places. They should die out, though, by mid-morning, leaving a mainly dry day with highs of 4 Celsius. That's 39 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Talking about streetlights, annoying children, ever gate crashed a funeral, a wedding, a party you shouldn't have been at, annoying instruments, and did the cartoonist who was shot in uh, Paris last week? Well, was it their fault? I know, it sounds ridiculous to me, but I've heard that opinion on this show and other shows. Really? It was their fault? Do give us a call. Getting loads of texts on this, but give us a call so we can explore uh, your thinking behind it, please. 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Ellie Texas. Yeah, we have. Paul in Milton Keynes, if you keep poking a crazy man with a stick, he will eventually kill you because he is crazy. Um... Does that mean that no one should say anything in case there's a crazy person about? Okay, yeah, yeah. That's the question, isn't it, I guess? Uh, And uh, Pat says that Dave Luton is a disgrace condoning the actions of those barbaric murderers. I don't think he went that far to condone it, but he did say that they brought it on themselves. But also, he's not alone in that view. We've had some texts this morning that have kind of said that, and and I'm hoping someone is brave enough to call in and say it. Pat says they are not human. I think they are. But a vicious army of thugs, many roaming our streets, ready to wreak havoc in our communities. Uh, Pat, be more specific. Do you mean uh, Muslims, or do you mean the criminals that that killed uh, uh, in Paris? Because there is a difference. We have freedoms that have been earned by being involved in two world wars, but those freedoms are being taken away by this government reacting to minorities because David Cameron's lot cannot handle what's happening on our streets by those who want their own laws introduced. I, uh, I don't get the point of that. Well, no. Pat, Pat's talking about as if there are hordes, an army. There were four people involved in this, weren't there? Yeah, so, yeah. It was, it, wasn't, it was hardly an army. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, give us a call about this. It's easy. Well, it's something as as, as uh, tricky as this. Yeah. You can't really explore it in a text. Uh, and let's try and... I don't want a whole anti-Muslim, pro-Muslim kind of rant kind of thing. Let, let's try and focus on the question, which I don't normally do. Normally I'm, I'm kind of up for a, a broad, open discussion. But let's try and focus on the question for this, please. Uh, did the cartoonists who were shot last week in Paris, did they bring it on themselves? Was it their fault? 08459 555. Now... It's been revealed that Milton Keynes Council had serious safety concerns about turning off streetlights months before two deaths on darkened roads. The authority planned to look into the potential dangers of the plan, but failed to do so in time to stop the accidents, one of which led to the death of 25-year-old Gary Tompkins. Well, we've been speaking to his mother, Julie Pascoe. He went to a birthday party. He was walking along one of the main roads in Milton Keynes, the path lights and the, the main grid 
road lights were off and there was no other way for him to, to walk and a van driver said he didn't see him because it was just too dark. He went to um, hospital and unfortunately we had to turn the life support off. It's cost my son's life just for a few, uh, a few pounds. Well, Stephen Giles Medhurst is the leader of the Lib Dems on Hearts County Council, where lights are still turned off at night. Stephen, are you, are you not concerned for the, the safety aspects that something similar could happen in Hearts? Yes, I am indeed. This has been our concern since the lights uh, were turned off in 2012 and have been since. Uh, although the police have supported the lights turn off, uh, and thankfully we haven't had the tragic accident that has, in, has occurred in Milton Keynes, and clearly my sympathy goes with the family there. Perhaps that's just a bit of luck in terms of Hertfordshire, but there have been concerns about increased thefts, there have been concerns about damage. Luckily, of course, it's the main road lights haven't been switched off in that sense uh, in Hertfordshire, although they are now being dimmed and changed to LED. But I'm still concerned about the fact that lots of side roads, you know, 70% of side roads, have no light in after midnight. What, what's the thinking behind this? Is it purely to save money? It is purely to save money. Uh, the County Council uh, has saved uh, nearly four, four and a half million pounds by turning off, you know, as I said, thousands and thousands of street lights. They're now looking at changing uh, A, B and C rows to LED to save a similar amount of money. Had they looked at that pro, uh, two years ago, they should have been turning all the lights to LED and saving money that way, dimming them rather than turning lights off. I think it's a retrograde backward step, return as the dark ages, effectively, excuse the pun, by turning lights off. Have you spoken to residents? And if so, what, what are their thoughts on the lights being switched off? Uh, the vast majority of residents, particularly uh, in, in urban areas, are very concerned. You know, the trains don't stop at midnight. Uh, not all pubs and clubs to, uh, stop, uh, close at midnight equally. People are walking home, either from work or leisure activities, uh, in the dark. Now, that is wrong. There's, there isn't any consistency with, with the Lib Dems, because strangely, you're arguing that the lights should be on in some capacity. It was a Lib Dem uh, administration in Milton Keynes that made the decision to turn off the lights. Well, I have to, they have to speak for themselves yeah. on that. Uh, I, I'm not speaking for I'm speaking this in terms of Hertfordshire residents yeah. and the policy that the Conservatives brought in in Hertfordshire. Stephen, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Stephen Giles Medhurst, who uh, leader of the Lib Dems on Hearts County Council. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick's on the line. Morning, Nick. Morning, Ian. Nick, what no, you got for us? No, I don't think these uh, people who work for uh, Charlie Hebdo deserve to die, just as much as I don't think all these people who were killed in Nigeria by Boko Haram deserve to die, of which the British media didn't devote much the same amount of attention. OK, to. we'll get to that in a second. The question isn't, did they deserve to die? The question is, did they bring it on themselves? Uh, no, not in that, not in, not in that context. The, way, the, the point I was going to make was the different slant I'd have towards it all. Is whereas we're told this was an attack on the free press, I don't regard it as a specific attack on the free press. I regard it as an attack on a free commercial outlet where they sold news for profit. It is completely different from well, the free press. Well, hang on, what, 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 is, what is the press? The, 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 the majority of the press is for profit. Exactly, I don't regard, I do not regard uh, 
it is a free press. No, no, it doesn't mean free. It doesn't it doesn't mean free as in you get it for free. It means as in the freedom to say anything you want. Yeah, they will regulate and dis- distort anything according to the in- of their own interests that makes profits and works in the interests of the government. That is completely different. I'm not saying that they deserve to die for that reason. The question isn't did they deserve to die, Nick. The question is, did yeah. they bring it on themselves? Was it their fault? No, it wasn't their fault because they were they were acting legally. They were thinking they were acting right. legally. It's a bit quite ironic, really, because Charlie Hebdo only had a, a circulation of sixty thousand. It was going bust anyway, and it was a very anti-establishment paper anyway, uh, satirising world leaders, business leaders, monarchs, and everything else. And yet, normally, there wouldn't have been the slightest bit of concern for it. But you see, when. Uh, we, we have to look at things in a far larger context. Uh, papers are regularly annoying and, and politicians. All these massacres that we see in Nigeria and Petroba last month at that school where school children were killed. Well, so there's double standards all the way. And this is, what, this is what I mean, that we don't have a free press. We have a free regulated press. And that is, and that is the only different slot I've put, put to what, what the mass media portraying on this uh, uh, atrocities that occurred in Paris, which where only 12 people were killed. No, and you're right, and you're right. There has been um, very little coverage of the 2,000 uh, people that have been feared killed in Nigeria by Boko Haram, where they, they massacred a town. Why? D- I think I know why it's had less coverage. Why do you think it's had less coverage, Nick? Well, well the reason why is because Britain has many, many business contracts in in Nigeria, it all comes back at the end of the day, it all comes back to commercialism. And oh, hang on a minute, but we've all, you, hang on. So it's a business thing because we've got business contra- contracts in Nigeria, we're not reporting it. Not in the same vein as we're reporting. Haven't we got business contracts in, in France? Sorry? Haven't we got business contracts in France? Well, it's all part of the EU as well. So but why you're, I don't know. Explain the, explain the thing about why because we've got business contracts in Nigeria. That's why well, it's not been reported. I'm pretty why it's had a different emphasis in France because it's all anti-Islamic. Basically, they, they can play this politics of fear, which our so-called free press and media are playing every day here. Okay, tell me I'm why. But but the, but Boko Haram are, are, are Islamic, aren't they? They are. So surely, that we, surely we will be. If your argument held true, then we will be reporting that even, even more. Because this, hey, these are more Islamists, and they've killed two thousand people. Exactly, but there again, it's their proximity in the world. I'm not. It is where they are in Nigeria as compared to France. They are. So, it's, but that's not. But again, that's not true, Nick. Because um, Australia, there was an attack the other week in the the chocolate shop, and that was reported. So, so proximity is not the case either. It wasn't reported in the same vein as this is doing. Oh, come on, man. The the Australian siege, that was everywhere. We even covered it on this show. Yes, you did, yes. Proximity is not the issue. No, it's just that it all depends on where it is and uh, how much political capital. But our politicians aren't particularly concerned about these people who died out in... Uh, died out in uh, now. Now we're getting somewhere. And Nick, I've got to let you go. Call again because I enjoyed that. Now we're getting somewhere. Uh, the, the, the two thousand people were killed in a, a, a town in Nigeria. They suspect. They think two thousand people. You you may not have heard that story. You may have done. You won't have heard of much as it as much of it as you've heard about the Charlie Hebdo attacks in Paris, where I think seventeen people died. Why is that? Well, I didn't. But it's nothing to do with proximity, because um, we heard the, the Australian siege was was all over the press.
So it's not proximity. Um, they, they're saying it's because, uh, well, we've got business contracts in Nigeria. Well, we've got business contracts in Paris. Nick's saying, well, because it, we, we, it, the Paris one was covered because we want to portray the Muslims as the bad guys. Well, the Nigerian uh, people would say they were Muslim. Do you know what I think? It's because the vast majority of the Western public thinks yep. that that's to be expected over there and yep. not over here. Do you, should I tell you what I think? What do you reckon? It's because they're black. Do you think? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it's because it's lots of lots of black people, lots of poor black people in a hot country have been shot, and it's not the same as or some lots of a few white people in a civilized Western European country have been uh, been murdered. I, and it's but that's the, all part of that thing, isn't it? Oh, that that's what they're like over there. That, yeah, I think you're right, and I think that's what it is. I think it's as simple as oh, it's, it's ignorant. It's yeah, totally. Uh, oh eight four. Thank you, Nick. I enjoyed that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there are queues because of an accident earlier between Junction 15 for the M4 and 16 for the M40. On the M40 northbound, that's looking very heavy from Uxbridge towards the M25. And in High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, that's starting to look quite busy too, uh, into High Wycombe on the A404. On the A413 southbound at Wendover, that's very busy looking at the speed sensors between Nashley Road and the Link Road at Great Missenden. And on the A1 southbound, checking where the roadworks are, it's looking quite slow from the St. Neots Junction and round the Black Cat roundabout. On the trains, Virgin have possible delays be- uh, between Milton Keynes Central and London Euston because of the emergency engineering works at Watford Junction yesterday, uh, but London Midland and Southern services are back to normal. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.17. It's Tuesday the 13th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Council had serious concerns about turning off streetlights months before two deaths on darkened roads. And a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad holding a sign saying Je suis Charlie is to feature on the front cover of the first edition of the satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo since Islamist gunmen attacked its offices in Paris. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chuck. Yeah. He's looking smart, he's looking dishy, he's looking delightful and um, Dishy. Dishy, looking dishy, yeah, definitely. By the way, hello. Have you uh, have you seen your your going national? Uh, you and Justin holding hands seem to be in every single paper. We're You're in the Daily Mail today. Well, are we in, are we actually in the paper or are we just online? I think well, we're I just online. Oh, probably just we're online. We're international. International. We're in France. In uh, my Greek mother-in-law, who gets a Greek daily news feed, it pops up in her news feed. We're in Russia, uh, where of course they love gays over there. So, <laughs> I never go to I'm Russia. I'm never going to Russia. <laughs> uh, uh, pop, st- pop stars have, have been in. Co- it's incredible. Did your wife get a frantic phone call from uh, from her mother? Yeah, yeah. Say, what's going on here? Your husband is in the newspapers holding <laughs> hands with another man. She's her mother's Greek. They invented all of that oh, kind of stuff. Uh, no, it's it's it, the videos had like three hundred four. 400,000 views. It's incredible, isn't it? Well, it's incredible. See. It's a very, very sad. Good, so if you've missed it's it... It's a good video. If you've missed it, it's a video of Justin and I um, uh, holding hands as we walk through Luton and we uh, we get very weird looks. We get children ushered out of our path and we, uh, well, eventually we get some young lad who, who does a... as we walk past. <laughs> if you want to see it, it's on the Facebook page or if you go to YouTube and type in Ian Lee and Justin, it pops up so you can have a look there. Yeah. You'd, you'd make a very tall couple, wouldn't you? Really? Uh, this is the thing I thought. We were very tall and um, we were both darn good looking weren't we? That was a thing, darn good looking. Yes. No? You disagree? Yes. No, you look like a very handsome couple. 
<laughs> but you're right, very tall. Yes, a very tall, tall, tall couple. What's on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine, do you want the streetlights on all night where you live? I know oh, you've been yeah, talking yeah. about this this morning. The BBC has discovered that more than half of councils which have turned off their streetlights at night fail to carry out a formal risk assessment first. One of those councils, Milton Keynes Council, turned its streetlights back on after a coroner linked two deaths to darkness at night. Well, this week, a local paramedic, we're just calling Mark, told the JVS show team that working in the darkness has led to his colleagues getting injured and has made helping those who make emergency calls much harder. But it's not just people's working lives that are being affected. Darker streets affect all of us in a variety of ways. So from nine this morning, I'd like your reaction to this. Do you want the streetlights on all night where you live? Um, in Hertfordshire, yeah. where I live, the streetlights are turned off at between half past 11 and 12. Right. As far as I'm concerned, it's never caused a problem. Yep. But I don't know whether I'm just one of the lucky people that generally is in bed at that time. As I say, you lead quite a conventional, exactly. timetabled lifestyle. But I have, had, I have had times, when, when I lived in St Albans, which um, the, the streetlights very often go off at half past 11 in St Albans, or certainly they did, and I went out for a, uh, an evening and I got a bit carried away, you know, the Pinot was flowing, of course. and all of a sudden I realised it was time to go home. Yes. By which point I left, and the, the, the main part of St Albans was all illuminated. Yeah. But then the minute you go off into a side street, absolute pitch black. There, was n- there wasn't even the moon that night. I don't know what had happened to the moon. There was, there was no light at all. <laughs> what happened to the moon? <laughs> I was using my mobile phone, the screen on my mobile phone, yeah. to try and illuminate my well, way that's, home. That's gonna make, not going to make you a target for muggers, is it? No. Having had one or two too many Pinot Grigios, and, you know, it was a little on the eerie side. Yes. But I struggled through in a manly fashion. Good but I, I wonder whether, ultimately, most people would like the streetlights on all night where they live. From nine this morning, I'd like your reaction on 08459 555555. Three County Sport isn't just about hearing your team in action. In action. Baker! And Baker gets his goal and history has been made at Stadium MK. It's about the managers. He's a great lad and the culture we have here is going to fit right in, so really pleased to have captured someone like that. The players. You never get an easy game in the Championship, home or away, usually, and I've been no different this, this weekend. And no, we're, we're pretty confident at the moment. And the fans. It's been obvious since August we need one stroke, two strikers. Every day we bring you latest news on your local team. Boots and midfielder Luke Rooney signed a contract extension until the end of the season. The 24-year-old originally penned a six-month deal in the summer. Three County Sport, keeping you up to date with Luton, Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage and Wickham every day of the week on BBC Three Counties Radio. You are right, Steve? Yeah, I'm all right. It's the others. What, what others? <laughs> you don't want to go down that road because I'll upset you. <laughs> well, you won't upset me, Dave. I, uh, uh, Steve, I probably just think you're more of a plum than usual. Go on, what have you got for us? Oh, see, well, see, this is what freedom of speech is. Was where we've discussed many times, you don't have freedom of speech yeah, on listen, this show. Listen, 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 listen. Right, the uh, freedom of speech, what is wrong with offending people? At least, if we offend people with words, we're not going to get an AK-47 and shoot each other. We're a bit up, we're a bit more classier than that, than the rest of them in society. What do you mean? Now, so, th- 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 Steve, I've got to press you. When you say the rest of them in society... Well, the, the terrorists, the people who want to stifle freedom of speech, speech 
It's hard work this morning. Yeah, well, you can't even speak, so you can't even <laughs> deserve free speech. <laughs> it's hard work, isn't it? <laughs> Got to be careful what I say, I might get arrested. Well, yeah, you might do. <laughs> no, anyway, the cartoonists, what, if that is just their free expression, they have the right to do that. If some nut wants to, well, they're, they're not want, but they're, they're idiots, but in this day and age, we have freedom of speech instead of beating each other up. And yet now, freedom of speech is being so much eroded in this country, people are getting seriously frustrated. And it might even come to the stage where people are that frustrated, we, people might attack other people because they can't say what they want to say. Yeah, when you say what you want to say, people say you can't say it because you're offend someone. But well, I'd, rather, I'd rather speak to someone and call them whatever I want to call them, walk off, same point, and that's it, rather than beat them up. Doesn't it depend if what you want to call them is justified or not? It doesn't matter. I, I, I don't care what anyone says to me. It doesn't matter. If someone says something to me about my mother or anything else, I, I'll just say, you're a, you know, whatever, and just walk off. I won't start beating them up or shooting them with a machine gun or whatever. That's what freedom of speech is. Well, to me, I might be wrong slightly, but... Are you limits. wrong, Steve? No, never. <laughs> well, I have to own up. It's not everyone else. What, it can if someone, be me. what if someone insulted someone who was weaker than you? Would you take it up with them? You'd defend them, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I'd defend them. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd verbally defend them. Like well, someone had a go at. Well, if that, someone that, had a go at. Hold on, if somebody had a go at like the mentally ill who don't know any better and people like that, you'd sort of. You'd, yeah, you'd speak up. That's still freedom of speech. That, isn't in it? a twisted you, way, is what these people think they're doing. They're speaking up for a minority that they feel. Yeah, but, are not, being with, yeah, but not with guns and bombs, do you? I mean, if we've got people around that in the world that are like that, and we let people in this country that have got them ideas, we should ship them out, find out where they are, and boot them out and put them somewhere else, because well, we don't well, want their rubbish. Now we're going off on a slight tangent, which I'll indulge... No, no, we're not. But we are. I'm not. Well, you are, and I'll indulge it for <laughs> 45 seconds. Where are you going to ship them to? I don't care, as long as it's not in Britain. We're defending well, you, our way you, of life. You can't just boot people out of the country that live here. What? What? Because they hate our way of life. They want to yeah. kill us and a certain well, amount of people in this country. Why? Why do I, I personally don't want people walking down the street that I know don't like our way of life? They want to kill us. There's not that. Well, the first of all, there's not that many people. Well, I'll give oh, it a rake. Give it a rake, will you? You're having a laugh. You want to wise up a bit. Steve, say hello to Jeffrey. Hello, Jeffrey. Who's Jeffrey? <laughs> I'm me. You are. I am me. Who's me? Jeffrey, stop! Stop the wordplay, flirting, and get to the point. Jeffrey, what do you think of what Steve just said? Well, I think he's expressing probably what a lot of people think and feel in street-level terminology. Yeah, that um, <clears throat> they don't quite understand why people would choose to come and live in this country, knowing it's a free, liberal democracy, knowing that freedom of speech is an innate part of our historical development. Knowing that we're tolerant of all kinds of religious beliefs and yeah, ideas. We're too, toler- we're too tolerant. That's why we're in trouble. Well, we're too tolerant. There's tolerance and there's tolerance. At the end of the day, I can tolerate most people, but I can't tolerate people that dislike this country so much that they want to do something to us physically. Surely it doesn't make sense. No, I think you've you got a valid point. And I, I would argue with Anjum Chowdhury, who says it's the correct um, procedure under Sharia law to um, execute someone right. who offends... Listen, we're going, we're going off on tangents. Jeffrey, right. Jeffrey. Yeah. Uh, did those... Uh, car- it, was <coughs> it... Bless you. Was it the cartoonist's fault they got shot? No, not, not Steve, was it the cartoonist's fault they got shot? <laughs> Steve? No, it wasn't. Thank you very much indeed. We got there in the end. Flippin' heck. How did Jeffrey sneak through the radar? Huh? 
How did Jeffrey sneak through the radar? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Do we have any texts? Yes. Go on then. I really need a wee wee. Free speech is a fallacy. I cannot say what I really think. No one can, says Brian. Well, it, free speech doesn't exist in, in the majority of, of content. You, you, you do not have, and I've said this before, on a phone-in radio show in this country, you do not have free speech. You don't. You can't swear and you can't libel people. That, so, so instantly there are two massive blocks on what you want to say. But as we've heard from some of our callers in the past, you can be quite offensive. Yeah, oh, you can be offensive. Yeah, I don't bother about that. But then other people have the freedom to come on and say they're offended. But as we've discussed before, being offended means nothing. I'm offended. I'm offended by what you said about my mum. I'm offended by uh, that the, the dress you're wearing. I'm offended by the way um, Justin w- w- walks. It doesn't mean the anything. The answer to that is, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. And the offence comes from me. If I'm offended, I have made myself... I've allowed myself to be offended. You've said something, and that's r- triggered something in me that has al- made myself be offended. You've not offended me. I've offended me. You know that you know you mentioned there in the list of things that can be offensive. Yes. What you said about my mum. I don't. I don't understand that. No, I don't. Get if it. someone's saying something about your mum that doesn't know your mum. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So what? Yeah. You're grown up. Your mum's so fat. She's not though. Your mum is so stinky. She's not though. She's a bit stinky. She's not. Your mum. She does stink a bit. She's lovely, but uh, you know this is non, not. It's true. weird, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I, besides my mum that knew her, then I would be offended. I used to get really angry when I was at school when people would say things about my mum. Really angry, and then it kind of dawned on me, I don't matter. They're not really talking I about don't your matter. mum. Yeah. People are funny, aren't they? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Milton Keynes, the A421 is partially blocked in both directions up between Wadden Road and the Stonebeck Crescent at the Bottle Dump Roundabout. That's because of an accident involving a lorry and three cars. On the M40 northbound, that's looking very busy from the A40 at Uxbridge towards the M25. And looking at the M1 southbound on the cameras, it's looking quite slow now between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. On the M11 southbound, there's still a lane closed between Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford and 7 for Harlow. On the trains, Virgin have delays between Milton Keynes Central and London Euston but London Midland and Southern services are running fine and if you're heading into London or if you're in Watford this morning uh, the 24 hour bus strike has begun that's affecting most bus routes but tickets are being accepted on the underground Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio Across beds, hearts and bugs This is BBC Three Counties Radio half past eight with the headlines, I'm Barry Caffrey. It's emerged that no safety audit was carried out after Milton Keynes Council decided to switch off its streetlights three years ago. They were turned back on after a coroner said the lack of light was a contributing factor in the deaths of two people. A cartoon of the Prophet Mohammed holding a sign saying Je suis Charlie is to feature on the front cover of the first edition of the satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo since Islamist gunmen attacked its offices in Paris last week. Three million copies of the issue will be printed. The chief executive of Morrison's, Dalton Phillips, has announced he's stepping down. The supermarket has reported a 3.1% drop in sales over Christmas. It's to close 10 loss-making stores.
Network Rail are being accused of letting down disabled commuters in Bedfordshire. A lift system at Leighton Buzzard Station is yet to become operational. The lifts had due to be open at the end of last year. And the weather, it will be a rainy morning for most, with showers heavy in places. They should die out later on this morning, leaving a mainly dry day with highs of 4 Celsius. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cristiano Ronaldo has won FIFA's Ballon d'Or World Footballer of the Year. Our senior football reporter Ian Dennis has more. It's the second successive year and a third time overall that Ronaldo has claimed this prestigious award. He described it as an unforgettable year in which he scored 52 goals in 43 games in 2014. With just over 37% of the votes, Ronaldo was a convincing winner ahead of Lionel Messi and goalkeeper Manuel Neuer. German midfielder Nadine Kessler was named Women's Player of the Year, but there was no award for Ireland's Stephanie Roach for Goal of the Year. The prize instead went to Colombia's James Rodriguez for his goal against Uruguay in the World Cup. Chelsea manager Jose Mourinho has until 6pm this evening to respond to an FA misconduct charge in relation to comments that he made following Chelsea's game against Southampton on the 28th of December. Mourinho claimed that there was a campaign to influence referees' decisions against his side. Fast bowler James Anderson has told the BBC that he believes England will go a long way in the Cricket World Cup, which starts next month. Anderson thinks England will benefit from the lack of expectation going into the competition. The danger for other teams is if they take us lightly because we've got young lads who have very little pressure on them. They're just going to play with freedom. Uh, And I honestly think that we've got a a great chance of going a long way in this competition. And I, I know people will scoff at that, but as an England team, I know... The majority of us feel like that and and the fact that we have been written off will definitely work in our favour. And the women's darts BDO finalist Fallon Sherrock says she enjoyed the experience at Lakeside. Sherrock, who's from Milton Keynes, was beaten 3-1 by Lisa Ashton on Saturday. I knew what I was expecting this time so I didn't feel like under pressure or anything like that and I was used to all the noise in the background and the publicity and stuff like that but this time it's just gone really like a lot I mean I was travelling back on the train today and two people stopped me <laughs> I was like oh my god I'm a celebrity BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine call 08459 455 555 yeah. BBC Three Counties Radio Ladies and gentlemen Fallon Sherrock there we go that's that is Woo! someone local and vocal. Well, not that vocal. We can't get her on no, the phone. No, we can't get her on the phone. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get her in the week. But um, she's a local sporting hero, and it's a proper sport. It's darts, and she's enthused. She's loving it. She's loving it. Let's hope she never loses that excitement and passion. In other words, let's hope she never goes professional, because <laughs> at the moment it's a hobby, and she's really enjoying uh... it. What are we talking about, Kath? Uh, we're talking about all kinds. Oh, uh, things that things your children do, the back of the car to annoy you. Yep. Uh, also, um, <laughs> what? Funerals you've crashed. I didn't tell you about the buffet story, did I? Hey, yeah, go on, go on, go on. My gran and her husband go to this restaurant once every sort of two weeks or so. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, they went along there and were surprised to find that some family were like sort of walking around like they own the place. Mm. So sort of Gran and Terry uh, took their place in their usual table and waited for the um, waiting staff to turn up. Nothing. Oh, dear. And then they noticed everyone was kind of helping themselves, sort of cold meats and Beautiful. Like, pork pies and that. Beautiful. Love a pork pie. So now. they grabbed a plate, joined the back of the queue, filled up, yeah. sat down. 
Went back again. Yeah, fantastic. Bit of trifle. Yeah. Sat down it. again, yeah. looked around, realised everyone was wearing black ties. Aye. It was a wake. Aye. It was a private wake. They gate crashed a private wake. So they didn't have any cake, that would be wrong, but they finished their trifle. Did they just get up and go? No, they stopped, I think. No one noticed. <laughs> and, and started sharing some question, stories. Who's going to question two old people? No, oh, that's wonderful. How wonderful. I think someone did ask where, you know, how they knew Malcolm. Yeah. And uh, they sort of went, oh, you know. She used, to, she used to have it away with him. No. <laughs> she used to have it I away. can't wait to be old and get away with things like yeah. that. You can. I think yeah. if you were a young person, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get past the um, beige course, would you? No, no. no. Anything like that. Uh, so we're talking about that. 08459 four double five five double five. And prompted by a call we had an hour ago from Dave, um, who said that uh, uh, while the uh, cartoonist who was shot at Charlie Hebdo didn't deserve it, it was probably their fault. Yeah, they brought it on themselves. They knew they knew that they were winding people up, and they were winding up the kind of people that like to go around with guns. Really, it was their fault. No, Matt in Luton. Hello. Good morning, Matt. Uh, I don't think Dave meant it that the way you're putting it. Well, no, you're, that's going, what... you're going over the top again. Matt, that's what Dave said. Yes, but he didn't mean it. Well, hang on a second. If we, if, if, <laughs> Matt, come on, even by your standards, that's poor. If people say something, I have to assume that's what they mean. Uh, can I say what I've found up about to Yeah, say? please do, but you're sucking the life out of the show again. No, no, I'm not sucking the life. Uh, what I'm saying is this. We've now got, they've, they've, they've decided they're going to, uh, have three million of these magazines out, and they've 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 really there's only there's millions and millions of Muslims, and they're they're good people, but you'll get the odd one or two that's going to do the damage. You know that because they can't take it, and they just let go. Right. So and so we should give up, should we? No, no, no. We don't give up. We don't antagonise them too much. Well, that's Why? Give it, well, hang on a minute. If you don't antagonise them, then that's that's. If you deliberately don't antagonise them, that's giving up, isn't it? Sorry, Ian, you're not getting the point. You've got the same thing try in ex- this country. Try and explain the point better then. You've got exactly the same thing in this country with your magazines like Private Eye. Private Eye is nothing, like, Char- it's nothing, it's nothing like Charlie Hebdo. It's quite, Private Eye is quite tame and hasn't been funny for well, about 30 it's years. it's still insulting to some people. Oh, it's insulting to people like Tony Blair. Yeah, well, Tony Blair... Tony Blair's not going to go nuts with an AK-47, is he? Well, we don't know, do we? Well, that's true, actually. Yeah, we don't know. It's, un- it's unlikely, I would have thought. Because it's, it's a waste of time me talking to you because you well, won't you, listen to what Dave... Well, you, you're turning it around. I'm not! I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm saying what Dave said. How is that turning it around, Matty Bum Bum? You're turning it around too far. Hey, Matty Bum Bum, calm yeah, down. you make me bloody sick. Hey, Matty Bum Bum, calm down. Yeah. Hey, Matty Bum Bum, calm down. There you go. You're doing exactly... Hey, Matty Bum Bum. Hey, Matty Bum Bum. Calm down. Hey, Matty Bum Bum. Calm down. Hey, Fatty Bum Bum. Calm down. The sweet sugar dumpling. I calm down. Hey, Fatty Bum Bum. I calm down. Let me tell you something. I calm down. No, not because you're so big and fat. Don't believe I'm afraid of. Self-praise is no 
the sweet sugar dumpling. I calm down. Hey, fatty boom boom. I calm down. Let me tell you something. I calm down. Me that look like mouse on a one dollar bread. I wouldn't stop trying till I drop down dead. Never let your big size fool you. The cooler day of the cool. Calm down, Matty Bum Bum. I think he's calmed down. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. <sighs> Lee's on the line. Good morning, Lee. Morning. What would you like to say, sir? Well, I was talking about funerals. Last year, my brother-in-law rung me up and said that this old boy who used to watch us play football had died. Um, we didn't know him that well, but we knew his son and we thought we'd go along. So I met him on a Tuesday. We went down there, went in the crematorium, and we sat in there, and yeah. people started coming in, and we, we weren't going to recognise anyone anyway, really. No. We didn't, we didn't see anyone, you oh, know. And uh, This old boy, George, we thought, oh, well, we, you know, we, we went out of, you know, out of respect like you do. Yeah. And, um... It filled up, and, it, and the, the old uh, the old guy started talking away, and we thought, well, we don't, still don't know anyone, but at least we've turned up, you know, makes Good us feel better. Makes and, you uh, feel better. <laughs> oh, well, well, he started talking about this 80-year-old woman called June. <laughs> and, Did she like football? I, I said, I said, his name wasn't June, was it? His name wasn't June! <laughs> <laughs> So um, you, you, you gone there? What you gone there too early, Adjali? We've gone a week early. <laughs> <laughs> we got a week early. I said to him, "Get your phone." We couldn't get up and get out. We couldn't. We couldn't go. Out. I said, "Check your phone." He checked his phone. Yeah, we're here a week early. He said, "We both had a day off work and everything got dressed up." And you stayed for the whole funeral? We had to stay, and then, you know, we sort of shook hands with a few people, you know, and, and we went off down the pub. You went with we made, them? We made a day of it. We, we went to Stony Stratford. Did you, hang out few... with, did you hang out with the... Did you go to the wake afterwards? Yeah, yeah well, only for a little while. <laughs> only for a little while! Oh, that's all right, then. But, 
But then we, we went to the funeral the following week, George's funeral, and Elvis, obviously everyone had heard about it, so we were the talk of the day, you know. So. But the food was better at the at June's. <laughs> oh, June sounds like a really special woman. Lee, thank you, thank you so much for that. Oh, put that in the pod. That What a lovely... Got a week early! But they went down the boozer! Only for a while. <laughs> oh, Lee. That, have we spoken to Lee before? I don't recognise that voice. Well, if that's a first call, mate, then that's a cracking first call. Thank you. 08459 455 555. Tony's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Tony. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say, sir? Right, whilst what happened in France was a terrible thing, yep. can I just... Or put some perspective on it. Please do. Ten years earlier, we had 7-7, which was the bombing of the London Underground trains and the bombing of the buses, OK? Yes. Right, 52 people were killed there and 700 were injured. Do you remember anything similar to the Paris thing where world leaders came over arm to arm, marching with great sympathy for what had happened to the French? Do you know why we didn't get sympathy? Well... Because we were right in the middle of the Iraq war and also in Afghanistan. At that time... Britain was a pariah on the world stage. Yep. Nobody bothered with us, did they? Well, I, I think there was an outpouring of international sympathy for what had happened. I guess the difference... I'm, 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 these words are coming to me as I'm thinking them, Tony, so they might come across a bit clunky. I don't mind. Uh, no, and, and, and so, yeah, I appreciate your patience. I suppose the difference is that these people were deliberate. the people in Paris were deliberately targeted for them uh, expressing their free speech. All of the people that were murdered on 7-7, um, it was bad luck. When I say bad luck, I, I mean simply they happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. It could have been anybody. The, yeah, the, 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 the thugs on that day weren't that bothered who they killed as long as they killed someone. Yeah, in Paris, for, they targeted a, people. It was for a cause of a similar nature that they were protesting against us taking part in, in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. So there was, there was a cause that they were, a cause celeb for them anyway. Uh, d- did the cartoonists... Was it their fault, Tony? No, but I'm going to be a cynic here. Did you know that uh, that magazine was nearly bankrupt? Yes, it did. Yeah. And And it's going to sell three million copies this week. And before that, they put a request out to their subscribers and the public. They were so broke. Oh, they went for a bank loan. The bank turned them down. Yeah, and the the subscriptions they got and the, the donations they got to keep the magazine going was zero from the French public. So, so you said you're being cynical. You're, you're not saying that they um, got murdered so the magazine could keep running. No, I don't. I know. I, even I, in my wicked, most wicked state, would never suggest that. But so what are you suggesting, Tony? That nobody was bothered with them at the time. Yeah. Now, that they are using it as a sort of, uh, I don't know, a, a, a form of carrier to, to use them as, as their cool celeb as well now. It just, it's just cynical. Tony, I appreciate your call. We're getting some really good, strong calls this morning from voices that I don't recognise. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Little Hallwood on the A421, that's closed because of the accident between lorry and three cars at Little Hallwood Road. So that's uh, police confirming that it's slightly west of Wadden Road and it's causing some delays between Buckingham and Milton Keynes. And Hitchin on Parkway, there are long queues at Payne's Park with queues to Hexham Road and Carter's Lane and on the A602 Stevenage Road 2 through the roadworks. In Watford, Chalk Hill is looking very busy on the speed sensors around Oldenham Road at the Bushy Arches and checking the motorways, the M40 North 
southbound, that's very busy from the A40 Uxbridge to the M25, and also the M1 southbound is very slow, but around Junction 11 for Dunstable Road. On the trains, Virgin have delays between Milton Keynes Central and London Euston because of emergency engineering works at Watford Junction, but there are no delays showing up at the moment for London Midland and Southern services. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 8.46, it is Tuesday the 13th of January. It's my son's fifth birthday and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged that no safety audit was carried out after Milton Keynes Council decided to switch off its streetlights three years ago. The lack of lighting has been linked to the deaths of two people. And the Charlie Hebdo magazine features a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad on the front cover of its latest edition, the first since the attacks on its offices in Paris last week. 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the rain just about cleared our counties this morning. We have got some bright skies towards the west of Milton Keynes and High Wycombe and eventually all the cloud will disappear. We'll get some nice sunny spells. Potentially, however, we could be seeing one or two heavy showers make their way towards us as we head through the afternoon. And in turn, the further west and north you are, it could actually turn a little wintry in nature. Now, the temperature's going to get colder as we head through the day. We're looking at it ending up around 8 or 9 Celsius. Now, the Met Office has issued a yellow weather warning for Buckinghamshire for snow and ice. Valid from 6 o'clock this evening through to tomorrow morning. Now we could get some slow ferries, particularly towards higher ground, the Chilterns. It could start to accumulate there. Not too much, but it could cause a problem if you're out driving and also some ice likely to form as well as the temperature drops down to zero. As we head through to tomorrow morning, a chilly frosty start to the day. Any showers remaining will continue for a time, but eventually clear by lunchtime. Then some dry sunny conditions through the middle part of the day. Through tomorrow afternoon we'll start to see the cloud arrive, the temperature turns a little milder and that's when our next Met Office early yellow weather warning is in force for strong winds. We could see gusts of 50-65 miles per hour through tomorrow evening and overnight into Thursday. And that's your forecast. Did you know you can get in touch with BBC Three Counties Radio wherever you are via Twitter at BBC3CR. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash BBC3CR. Call us on 08459 455 555 or text us on 81333 and start your message with 3CR. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Ada. Morning, Ian. What would you like to say, Ada? You are smiling. So I'm, I'm so what? Your phone cut out just at the vital word in that sentence. You are so annoying, Ian. Seriously. Why am I annoying? That's a fucking annoying song. Martin Bum Bum should come and get you and crack your head with him. What, 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 what was annoying about Matty Bum Bum? What was annoying? <laughs> that, that was a really annoying song. It's a good song. <laughs> it was funny, right? Have you, have you got a fatty bum bum? Is that what it is? <laughs> is you, have you got a fatty bum bum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a fatty bum bum. Then yeah, bring her this song celebrates fatty bum bums. <laughs> Ada, come and see. You ready? You're going to sing with me, yeah? You're going to join in, Ada, and together we're going to celebrate your fatty bum bum and wait for the complaints to come rolling in. Here we go. You ready? Hey, fatty bum bum. I'll calm down. Sweet sugar dumpling. I'll calm down. 
Sing it, Ada. Come on, Fatty Bum Bum. Hey, sweet sugar dumpling. You laughing, Ada? It's lovely to hear you laugh, my dear. Ta-ta. This is a tune, eh, Dealey? Hey, Fatty Bum Bum. I calm down. A sweet sugar dumpling. I calm down. Someone will complain. This, this, will, this will undo all of the good that we've done in the last uh, seven days, Justin. Hey, listen, I apologise. It's, it's a tune with a capital T. Accept it, move on. Calm down. You're coming round to the reggae, aren't you? Going down the <laughs> reggae route. This is well. This is a soft skank. It's yeah. a soft skank, and I can deal with a soft skank. I, I mean, when, when Bob Marley popped up in your car yesterday, A gave me the front of my life, and B I just thought it was rubbish. Utter, utter rubbish. Are you kissing your hand? No, I'm okay. tutting. <laughs> no tuts from you, boss. Please. Mm-hmm. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, Justin, we've got your. By the way, this is annoying someone because I keep getting an anonymous text from someone who says, "And there's typing now, oh, yes. and I can hear mouses now." We're mouses, busy... mice. We're a busy live studio. Erna's on the line. Morning, Erna. Good morning. What would you like to say? Thank you for a fantastic drive to work. Listen oh. to Hey Fatty Bum Bum and then the gentleman who went to the wrong funeral. Oh! oh. Hang on a second. Hey Fatty Bum Bum, I calm down. Sweet sugar dumpling, I calm down. Hey Fatty Bum Bum, I calm down. It was, it, we, we were blessed. We were blessed, Erna, to get that. Wasn't that call about going to the wrong funeral just wonderful? Oh, that was just so funny. I've, I've arrived at work in tears. Good. Well, no, hang on. No, bad. No. Uh, no. Listen, it's nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. If you missed it, both those things will be in the podcast. It was, was it Lee, wasn't it, who yeah. uh, went to a funeral a week? Early Lee. A week. Early. Morning, Terry. Terry? Terry, hello? Hello, hello. Hello, Terry, you're on the air. What would you like to say? Hey! I tell him out, mate. You, you've done it. You've done it. You've done it. It's brilliant. Have you got a fatty bum bum, Terry? I've got it, man. I've got it. I've got it. I tell you what, you're brilliant. You're brilliant. Well, you're you're a class one. I tell you. A class, Terry. Thank you very much. You got a hey, fatty bum bum. I calm down. Sweet sugar dumpling. I calm down. There we go. Cause you're so big and fat. Don't believe. <laughs> he sings it so gently. If I ever go on Stars in Their Eyes, if they ever ask me again, which they won't, I'm going on doing this. Um, yeah, well, I don't know, you're not allowed to. Hey, fatty boom boom, I calm down. Sweet sugar dumpling, I calm down. Etc, etc, etc. We're going to something quite serious, so I feel the need to do this. Uh, hang on one second. Oh, blimey, hang on a second. I've got to... Even I've got to have some standards. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right. Even I feel we need to break things up from time to time. Justin, we had a call from Dave from Luton. Yep. uh, Who said that while the uh, cartoonists who were shot in Paris didn't deserve it, they brought it upon themselves. We've had a few texts and a couple of calls kind of saying the same thing. And I've heard this elsewhere. Had it just come from Dave from Luton's mouth, I would have dismissed it as um, the the, the whimsy of a lunatic. But I've heard it from lots of other people. That the cartoonists who got uh, got shot, uh, they they brought it on themselves. Yes. We Uh, asked you to take it to the streets. one. I have. A lot of people didn't want to talk about this this morning, right. um, didn't want to give their opinion, which would then be used on our radio programme. However, some people did speak. Um, we asked them that question. Here's what people had to say. That is Seriously, if I say something that insults someone, they what? Worse, they give me a bloody nose. Yeah? 
Shut up. Yeah. Or whatever. Go around shooting people indiscriminately. No. It's just terrorism. Yeah, madam, your, your honest thoughts. Was it their fault? It's no one's fault that someone should be killed for doing something. Everyone has a, a right of an opinion. It's unfair that someone should be killed for saying something, whether someone else thinks it's right or wrong. I think both parties are wrong. Both of them. OK, so bearing in mind what you're saying then, was it their fault they paid the ultimate price? Yeah. That wasn't right for the people to do, no. I don't agree with that. You shouldn't really aggravate it. anything that's sensitive to someone else, you see. So, so uh, by aggravating things, now, was it their fault? They were asking for like a reaction, so I, I don't know. But it sounds to me like you think it was their fault. We're not saying it's their fault, we're just saying by doing it, they knew something could happen. And they did what they did. They did what they did. Mm, exactly. I think a lot of people this morning were holding back for obvious reasons. Yeah. I think we, we kind of got a bit of a gist of that there towards the end uh, when pushed slightly. But, uh, yeah, very controversial. And uh, We heard from Dave earlier on. I've heard uh, a couple of people as well. Me, personally, I think that's utter nonsense what Dave said earlier on. But, but of course, everyone is entitled to their opinion. And that's the beauty mm, of it. Everyone's exactly. entitled to their opinion and they are allowed to express that mm, opinion. Exactly. Justin, good stuff, mate. Speak to you later. Thank you, boss. Ta-ta. Down. <laughs> got Texas on this as well. Oh yeah, go on. Henry from Biggleswade. It doesn't make a bit of difference whether someone puts a pi- picture of the Prophet Muhammad in a book. These people are just out to cause misery and are brainwashed into believing that terrorism is okay. It's about time religion was banned as it causes too much trouble. Oh, okay. Well, that's never going to happen, but thanks. And free speech, says Nick in South Mims, says that if we bomb and invade Muslim countries, then their extreme elements will attack Western targets. It's simple. Yep. So that makes it sound like it's all of our fault. Um, yeah, I can understand that point of view, really. Um, that's it, that's your lot. Uh, are there any more texts or are we done yeah. with the texts? Give, give us a couple more. Marky we'll, Bedford, um, concerned about so whether there are repercussions following the publication of the next issue and people not related in any way to Charlie Hebdo are killed or in, injured. Will Charlie Hebdo be at fault in any way? Uh, on a different angle, do you think some of the stares that you and Justin may have uh, been uh, subjected to in the street because you were holding hands were because people knew the man off the radio? Uh, it's possibly. Mark in Bedford. Possibly, yes. Possibly some of them were. Um, I, I, I doubt that a child would have been ushered out of my path. Although... Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention this uh, the last couple of days. We do this new thing on Fridays... Uh, between half seven and eight, where we open the doors. You can turn up, you can turn up a little bit earlier, but between half seven and eight, you are invited into my studio, only on Fridays, and you get to sit in the studio with me and Catherine um, and have a chat with us. You don't need a talent, you don't need a skill, you don't need anything. You just need to turn up. It's as simple as that. On Friday, you missed it, Catherine, we were spoiled. Oh, I heard it and I was gutted. Mr T turned up. I know. Britain's premier Mr T impersonator turned up, and wasn't he... The nicest man, Kelly. Yep, and he smelled delicious. Smelled lovely. And he brought us chocolate. He did. Oh, there's um, some chocolates in your pigeonhole. I found those. I didn't know who they were from. They were from Mr. Mr. T. Mr. T. Um, so they're, they're safe and they're still sealed. So that's good. You don't have to bring food. You don't have to dress up. You don't have to have a talent or anything. If people have said, oh, but I've got to have the kids with me, bring the kids in, bring your nan, bring, you know, if Just you want to. Come and have a chat. That's all it is. Come and have a chat. And I'm slightly worried that by Mr. T turning up, who was excellent. Uh, and boy, didn't we find out a lot about him and his, him growing up. Um, that people, it sets such a high bar that people will think, oh, I can't, I've got nothing like that to offer. So they'll be reluctant to turn up. Not at all. Forget that. 
he was he was excellent. But you 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 I want you, dear listener, to turn up on a Friday between half seven and eight o'clock and come and sit in the studio and have a chat with us. That's it. Maybe you want to know how a studio works. Maybe you want to know what Catherine looks like. Maybe you maybe you're just really really cold and you're walking past at half past seven on a Friday. They're all legitimate responses. You can turn up and come in. And if you want to hear uh, Mr T, he's on last week's podcast, which you can get from the Three Counties website, uh, or if you go to iTunes and type in uh, Ian Lee and BBC. Was it a good one last week? I haven't heard it yet. Yeah, it was 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 good. It was a good one, man. Didn't miss me at all? Not in the slightest. No, not in the slightest. If anything, it kind of added... It was good, wasn't it? Was it? Good. We had we lots had of fun. So OK, I get it. We had so much fun. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A421 between Buckingham and Milton Keynes is closed because of a serious accident between a lorry and three cars, so traffic's at a standstill on the approach while the emergency services are there. On the M25 anti-clockwise, that's looking very busy between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. And having a look at the trains, Virgin have delays between Milton Keynes Central and London Euston because of emergency engineering works at Watford Junction. That's not affecting London Midland and Southern services. And if you're in Watford or if you're heading into London today, the bus strike is underway that's affecting most bus routes, but tickets are valid on the London Underground. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Excellent stuff as always. Uh, Well, that was a a mixed bag, wasn't it? Excellent work, Justin. Thank you, Kelly. Catherine, it's nice to have you back. JBS is up next until six o'clock tomorrow morning from us. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in... Do you want the streetlights on all night where you live? The BBC has discovered that more than...